Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Vote of no confidence, but a vote of more confidence? <laughs> it's unheard of. <laughs> welcome to Grand. Oh, wait, no. Wel- welcome to <laughs> Yolnir in your ear. <laughs> I can't believe I had to be the one to say that. Welcome to Mjolnir in your ear, delicately curated, uh, long form discussion of Avengers Endgame, brought to you lovingly in this weekly increment. By the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley and Jake. That's me. That is Jake. And the intro was shaky. It was shaky. Much like got there. Um I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. The shaky trembling hands of a drunk. Yes, the trembling hands of a drunk Thor. This this well, episode oh, is hey. shaky. So we're just really <laughs> right up to like with no spoiler warning. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right i is it a spoiler that he gets drunk that actually doesn't sound like that much of a spoiler but now yeah we should say we should say we it right are now. not going to bother and let's hesitate no further in saying what we're going to say jake if you would say that, it, please go ahead okay i'm gonna say it in three two we are go. not gonna have spoilers <laughs> wait, no, wait, I said the opposite wrong, of what I the said. The wrong thing. We're not going to have a spoiler-free section. We're yes. just going to only have spoilers. Yeah, because we figure either you have seen this movie yet, or you're going to wait to listen to this after you've seen the movie. <laughs> that's Correct. our goal for you. Yeah, that's our goal. Hashtag because I, there's um someone some other podcast I listened to released like a couple days ago they got to see uh Endgame early and they released a spoiler free episode about Endgame it was an yeah. hour long and I'm like how do you talk about a movie for one hour without any spoilers that sounds relatively it, painful and make it interesting I don't know how you make it interesting because like hearing people talking around right the actual film for an hour yeah so we don't want to do that we're just gonna come right no. out now we've given you long there's a lot to of podcasts podcast. do that and they do it well they do no no one does that well you can't talk That's around true. a movie yeah they, they don't but um, we've given I you also, your fair warning now quit now if you don't want to hear spoilers yeah and yeah. I'm going to also just real quick this is important. We're going to double back to when I said the trembling hands of a drunk because I want to address the fact that as much as I like the Star Wars Aftermath series, there a description that Chuck Wendig wrote stuck <laughs> with me as being really bad. Like that book is – it's really high highs and low lows. And he said at one point the ship – like it was hit by like a meteor or something. Mm-hmm. He said the ship shook like the hands of an old drunk. <laughs> and I'm like that is not – what would happen to a ship if a meteor hit it? Like, that's like a tremble. <laughs> a sh- if a meteor hits a ship, you'd think that'd be more like a... That'd be like an aggressive shake. An aggressive earthquake, not like... The, old man. the aggressive shake of a bartender making that old drunk his drink. <laughs> that's what it would be the like. The aggressive shake of a hand from a nice bartender <laughs> who is saying hi. <laughs> we should write books. We got it all figured out, it sounds like. But anyway, we're not Anyway, here. that's been your spoiler zone for uh, Aftermath. Yeah, look out for that description in the second <laughs> book, I think. Um, we are a Star Wars podcast, but 
Not today. Not today. today we are Mjolnir in your ear. Mjolnir in your ear. Decreasingly about Star Wars. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Riley. Yeah. Because we're going to kind of go through the plot. Plot by plot. Plot by plot. Classic. GMT classic. I mean a... Classic GMT walkthrough. An M-I-Y-E classic. Mjolnir classic? No. M-I-Y-E classic. It's not as it's not as oh, it's, in your ear class. Yeah, it it doesn't roll Very quite good. as well as GMT, but you know it's what we got. That's true. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's okay. Uh, what did you think of the movie? Because I want to get overall impressions first. Overall impression: I thought this movie was excellent. It was really great. It was very hard for me to articulate why I liked it so much uh, when I first came out of the theater. I think I've mm-hmm. been able to sit on it a little bit more, and hopefully I will be more articulate today. Um, but yeah, both. I, Let's oh, hope that's the case. <laughs> overall, it's um, it's a wonderful movie that made it worth watching every movie that came before it, I think. It, and as much yeah. as I loved all those movies, it's like you could have ended this in a way where it was just like, eh, yeah, that was fine. But I think this movie ends this Infinity Saga in the best way it could have. I agree. I mean, it really – I loved it. Uh, it was amazing to me how much of an ending it was. I mean, it yeah. is called Endgame. <laughs> I've you know how Marvel movies are you get used to the uh next time on mm-hmm. Marvel at the end of the movie and there are some teases for where things could go in the future but it didn't feel like post credit scenes shoved at the end of the movie it felt like right well, a kind of beautiful passing of the torch and and there were no post credit scenes like the right. first one did not do that yeah I was and just like, uh, the movie's done this is done what isn't it nice when a movie is just done when it's done? I kind of liked it. Yeah, I really I, would not be mad at all if they got rid of them from out. There was one. I see. I don't mind them most of the time. I think they're fun. I think no, every, it's fun. I think every single one of them, you can leave the theater and not really miss anything. But if you stick through it, you get a little something extra. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I have some thoughts on that because the way that the Captain Marvel end credit scene worked it's kind of interesting in relation to this movie mm-hmm. i had to i had to work it out in my brain afterwards i forget what is the captain marvel one so it's really strange and it's it was clearly filmed for endgame and they my theory is that they just cut it out and we're like hey put this in the end of captain marvel because we need to keep this under three hours um it was the uh bearded captain america and you know uh scarlet not Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, uh, and the uh, live Avengers looking at the damage on oh, a screen. That's, that's right. They they have Nick Fury's pager somehow. Yeah, and we don't know how. And all of a sudden, Captain Marvel shows up behind them and says, "Where's Fury?" And then it ends. But that scene is not in the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is weird because yeah, when she's they just kind of there. Movie, when they meet in this movie. Captain America is shaved. So what I think we're supposed to believe is that that scene happened. They explained to her the situation and said, we have a friend who's lost in space somewhere. And she's like, okay, I'll go find him. 
And that's for how Tony is rescued at the beginning yeah. of the movie. I think that's all stuff that happens before the start of Endgame. Gotcha. Um, but I yeah. walked out of the theater and I was like, that was really weird that that scene wasn't in the movie. I guess, yeah, I just didn't even, I guess I didn't even realize. That's how little I guess I pay attention to the in post credit scenes, even though I w- wait for them all. I know. <laughs> I just didn't even remember that one at all. And, it, and on another note about post credit scenes, I mean, this is kind of the weird thing about Marvel movies is like, imagine in a couple years, even just next year, you're introducing a friend to all the Marvel movies. You'd have to explain to them, like, now, always kind of don't turn off your Blu-ray after the credits start, because you're going to have to sit through. <laughs> because, like, the the entire impetus of this film is the quantum realm technology and the ability to travel through time portals in the quantum realm. And that entire concept is introduced in the post credit scene of Ant-Man and Wasp. So... It, yeah, I... See, but you here's... just... Even if you watched Ant-Man and Wasp and you happen to not see the post credit scene, you would have no idea what is happening with Scott Lang in this no, movie. No, but he does he does explain it in this one. Like when he comes he back, does. he's got a little, you know, 10-second exposition dump where he's like, "We were doing experiments in the quantum realm. They disappeared. Yeah. I was in there for 5 years. For me it felt like 10 minutes or whatever it is." And yeah. And so I, I think like that's as much of an explanation as you really need if you didn't see that one. That, That's true. They they do a good job of of doing little recaps like that. I do got to say that one from Ant Man and the Wasp is maybe my favorite post credits because I did not see it coming at all. It was amazing. It was so great in the theater because I yeah. just because the whole movie I was I was kind of thinking I'm like I wonder when all this is happening because this is after Infinity or yeah after Infinity War in like our real life and I'm like this is kind of weird. They're not really talking about anything just like what's going on and then it ends on that and i'm like oh that was really great and i don't know why i didn't see that coming so we're both in agreement that this movie's great this movie's great Uh, it's really great i've seen it twice now i honestly am probably gonna i'm gonna try to see it more times because i really liked it yeah and it's really fun seeing it in the theater because it's just a it was like made in a lab to please an audience like it's just Mm -hmm. Every time I've seen it, the audience just freaks out at certain yeah, points in the movie. I had a great audience to watch this with. Yes. Besides the, the person behind me who kept saying, uh, she just kept talking a lot about things that were happening. Oh, my God. Loudly. So the and first time we saw the movie, we went to a theater that did not have assigned seats. We had to like get there early and stuff. Oh, yeah. We got really good seats, and I was like psyched. I was like, this is perfect. Uh, I'm on the end of the aisle kind of towards the front. If I need to go to the bathroom, I'm not going to disrupt anybody. I can run out and run back. And then who sits behind us but the loudest mom in the world with the loudest kids in the world. They are all toddlers and slightly above. One of them has a pacifier, and she is cursing at her children. That's a little young to be at the end game, I think. I know! (laughs) And so, like... She's like cursing at her kids really loudly. The movie hasn't started yet. You should have been back and gone language. <laughs> and she'd have been like, mad respect. That was a quote from a Marvel movie. I'll be a better mom from now on. Um, no, I don't want to judge anybody's parenting, but it was just like, it was dragging in a ton of loud kids. And then she was loud. And like the kid dropped its pacifier and started screaming, crying. This is all during the trailers. And we were like, 
we have to move seats. <laughs> we had to move. We moved seats, and I was so glad that we did. Yeah, that's a good, good idea. Yeah. I had a, I just knew. I had a I little knew. kid next to me, um, but he made the movie more fun because he was so into it. Yeah. And, like, at certain points, <laughs> when, like, not even at the end when, like, Tony dies, but just, like, other moments that were, like, you know, kind of sad moments, melan- melancholic moments, he would just always go, he had this thing, he said, like, five times, he would just go, like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> so many times, and it made the movie so much better. That's awesome. That that happened to me, like, when I saw um, Force Awakens, one of the times it came out, there was a bunch of kids there, and just seeing them react to it was, like, this is cool. Yeah. This he is really it. cool. He even did it during the Gemini Man trailer, that Will Smith movie. <laughs> at one point, he's like, that's sad. Yeah, at the end of the trailer, he's like, that's sad. <laughs> it was great. That's great. It's oh, it's okay when kids do that. It's not okay yes. when a grown adult says that. Correct. Sitting behind I, me yesterday. Yeah, I give kids a lot more leeway. Yeah. Um, so. So. Let's. Let's start off with the way this movie starts. And it's really, it's an incredible experience in the theaters because it's just trailer, 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 and then the lights go down and immediately they just cut to this kind of blurry shot of a bow and arrow being pulled back. Like there's yeah. no Marvel Studios presents, there's there's no preamble at all. That was pretty crazy. It just starts. And you know immediately, like as soon as you see a kid holding a bow and arrow, you're like, oh. Oh. They're gonna I do know. It. We're like crap. It's like we knew we knew that was gonna happen. We knew his family was yes. gone. You could just tell from the trailers that his family Everybody was gone. But, but they made us the watch entire, it. <laughs> the entire theater was like, oh, like when they yeah. showed his family quiet. Everyone's like, no. no. <laughs> and then of course when he turns around, there's just a you know dust in the wind. Right. It's incredible. Like in this this movie was really willing to be. To deal with the weight of the situation, which I, I loved. Mm-hmm. Like, they really dealt with that. Like, they let you really linger in that moment. And it was very eerie and haunting and, and terrifying. And they let you really sit with Scott Lang for a while as he came back to this world. Oh, that, was that was really good. I loved all destroyed. that. Oh, that was really good. That street he was walking down, he says, kid, what happened here? And the kid just, like, gets really upset and rides away. And he's, like, walking through this... A monument to all of the vanished people. I I also like the uh, the juxtaposition between him and Hawkeye because Hawkeye oh, yeah. loses his family and Scott doesn't, and how that affects them. Scott's immediate reaction is, "We need to figure this out. We need to we need to do something." And obviously, he he has the abilities and the knowledge to figure it out where Hawkeye doesn't. But I, I yeah. do like the different directions that they went in. Because, you know, Scott lost people too. He lost the Pims and whatever, but I like that his I like that his daughter was still there, even though I'm gonna miss the little actress who plays his daughter so much because she's I know. But you know. And this movie did not shy away from from gutsy moves because to immediately like everybody loves Cassie. That little actress in those movies is for me the best part of those Ant Man movies, which I'm not the biggest fan of i like those movies a lot and i would yeah. maybe agree with you yeah and like so their relationship is the best and then to immediately just be like in a non-ant-man movie just be like no we're cutting forward five years forever that actress is yeah. gone yes maybe she, she shows up in a flashback but she is no longer Cassie. we have a new yep. teenager and at first i was so confused i was like that 
like a woman looks so much older than the kid but if you think of like nine versus 14 yeah there's that a is a big difference there. in terms of like once you hit puberty that yep. so once i thought of the actual five years i was like i guess that well, but um, i like that this movie made the trailer make more sense to me because in the trailer uh, we don't know about the the five-year jump when we're going into this movie Right. Um. I I really wasn't expecting that. Uh, that was one thing I was spoiled on was the five oh, year time. Oh, Every and that was it actually. That's pretty Everything good though. Else. That's the only thing. I I somehow made it into this not knowing a single thing, which I was very happy about. But yeah, it's worth it. So like for me, I'm watching the trailer and they're like, they're seeing Scott there and they're so, they're like, oh, is this him? Is this a recording? And I'm just like, nice. it's not that exciting. I mean. Whatever. It's just Scott. It's just Scott. He's just came back like somehow. But then in the movie, in context of the movie, when you realize they're looking at this as like someone who got snapped and is now back, and they're like, "What is happening here?" Even though that's yeah. not what happened, but it does make like their reactions and everything make more sense. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the leftovers, but the plot of the leftovers is basically the plot of Endgame, which is. You never know why, but mysteriously, like, 2% of the world's population disappears into thin air. Nobody knows why. And the actual show takes place, like, a couple years later. People are still dealing with the loss, just the random inexplicable loss of their loved ones. And it's about how people react to that loss. And this was really, really similar. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just seeing how people deal with this situation and in this it's it's different because our characters have failed and they're also coping with their failure yeah yep yeah it it, this movie gave some great character development for everybody who survives and seeing how they change over those five years some some of them in very big ways some of them in in smaller ways but i like that we get to see the uh, the effects of the last movie on everybody yeah, it was uh, it was very well done because we we didn't even mention the movie does not start with the five year time jump. The movie starts no, yeah. with Tony Stark. Oh, that's right. We got to talk about that the the He's, Snoke moment. Yeah, <laughs> they snoked us. They snoked us. He's wait. What do you mean by that? <laughs> like from the Last Jedi, like where halfway through the movie Snoke is dead. Like the big bad guy is dead. And oh in this, yeah, and in yeah. this movie, it it turns out you know it's more complicated than that, which also it might turn out more complicated than that in the next in Rise of Skywalker. But in this movie, oh, yeah. twenty minutes in, Thanos is dead, and it's done. Like, yeah, I was really not expecting that. I was expecting what I had heard was they fight him again early in the movie, lose, and there's a five year time jump. That's all I knew. Yeah, but that wasn't even right. No, they find him immediately. They kill him, and then there's a five year time jump. Yep, and it was really that and that that small little fight. I know he was like a weakened Thanos, but that small little fight with Thanos is so great, so much fun. It is, and it's it's really well done in terms of the emotion behind it. It's not really flashy, and it's not really triumphant, right? Because they're just doing it purely for revenge they can't reverse the effects of it and thor just kills him just thor just kills him he has a he has skills. a great line they're like what did you do and he's like i went for the head which is a great yep. callback to infinity war 
Yeah. But and, for me, and that I, shot of him walking away into the like as the camera kind of yeah. like, blurs as he walks away is really good. I uh, there there's there's a couple things about this movie I'm not sure how I feel about yet. One of them uh-huh. being Thor. Um, okay. Up until that point, I'm I I really like Thor. I really like his reaction, his regret after doing it. Um, cause I, I don't know. Everyone else seems like, you know, why did you do that? And he, I, I understand why he did it, but I also thinks he thinks he shouldn't have done that. I don't know. I like that moment with Thor. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll work through my feelings on this podcast with Thor and the rest of the movie. I think Thor we will is, work through it. Yeah. Thor is, is 100% my favorite MCU character by yeah. like a mile. And I I don't know. I love him in Infinity War. He's great in Infinity War and his story in yeah. that. In this one, I'm not. Really, I'm not. I don't know yet. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, after seeing it again, I feel pretty on board with what they did with Thor. I mean, Infinity War is really his movie. Like yeah. he is the one character that goes through an arc mm-hmm. and has something resembling a hero's journey. Yeah. Um, it ends with his failure. But, you know, that movie really is not about Captain America at all. No. Uh, this movie is. This is really this is, Captain America. This America's is more of a Cap, Cap and Tony movie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my mixed feelings – well, let's get to that later because we haven't even – no, let's get to it now. <laughs> so Infinity War – and this was one of my little things with Infinity War that – a movie that I love and I watch embarrassingly often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like – necessarily the way they handled hulk's inner struggle i like the idea of it that he has this struggle that this now when he needs the hulk he can't summon it mm-hmm. but they just treat it as one big they big treat it as a big joke, joke. yeah it, it's, it's a big it's, joke yeah but I, what you think is going to happen is okay he lost to thanos at the beginning of the movie now he's having trouble summoning the hulk now that they've lost he's going to summon the hulk and it's going to be a big moment for him but that never happens when when they go like I, I kind of thought we were going to have a moment when they're all suiting up to go kill Thanos with Captain Marvel that he was going to be like, now I'm angry enough. <laughs> now right. I can do You know what I mean? Like and it would be futile because there's no point in killing him anymore, but he'd be able to summon the Hulk now and resolve that. Instead, he he wears the Veronica suit again. Mm-hmm. And just pops out of the ground like a weirdo. Yes. <laughs> and then they cut to the future, and then he's just figured it all out. And suddenly he just has the best of both worlds, and he's able to be the Hulk companion at the same time. Like that whole journey was just solved in the five year time gap. And now he's just a fully formed character. Yeah. It's, that uh, was a little bit like eh. Hulk has been messy for a little while. Uh, I agree. And, I, and I don't know if it's from. The fact that he just never gets his movies. He's just always there to service other movies. Right. Um, but my favorite, I, I still, uh, this is too fresh for me to to change my, my ultimate ranking. So my favorite Marvel movie is still Ragnarok, which okay. he has a, a prominent part in. But, oh, yeah. but we go from that movie where he's he's been Hulk for two years straight. No banner mm-hmm. at all. And then... He becomes Banner when he sees uh, Black Widow's message. And then the the rest of that movie, until the end, 
he's like, I don't think I can become the Hulk ever again, or I might always stay the Hulk. Right. And then the end of the movie is like, oh, actually, no, I can turn back into the Hulk again, and it's okay. You figured because, it out. Because he needs to fight the big dog. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and then Infinity War comes and he gets beat in Infinity War and then we don't see Hulk again. And it's just he's always a little there's not much internal logic with the Hulk at the moment. It's just kind of he's in service to whatever the plot needs him to be, which is to to Marvel's credit, which is the exception to the rule in these movies, because I think everyone else is pretty true to their character most of the time. And it just yeah. seems to be Hulk right now. That is they don't really know what to do with him, maybe. I agree. Like, and I love the Hulk, and I've I've just always loved the Hulk since I was a little kid. So that, I think that's something I'm always a little more sensitive to. That was one of the characters, like you know, the MCU kind of famously was built on the backs of characters that weren't really well known. But Hulk is somebody that like I watched the show when I was a kid. I, I liked him whenever he showed up in the cartoons, and I liked reading Hulk comics. I had Hulk action figures and Hulk yeah. hands. And they just Ooh, never have... destruction. What a game! Oh my god! That is such a Hulk good game. Destruction. I think it holds up. Actually, I think it does too. It's pretty good. Um, and, and they just he, Mark Ruffalo is wonderful. He's he is. the best thing that could have. I've always liked Mark Ruffalo too. So I was really excited when he was cast with the Hulk. I think after the first, um, not the first Avenger, but the first Avengers. Yes. Um, which is a really solid use of the Hulk. I don't think they ever really quite balanced it from there on out. And, and really, no. the end of the first Avengers, him kind of saying, you want to know why I'm in control is because I'm always angry. It's a perfect line, yes. one of the most quoted movie lines of the past 11 years. I still quote it like every day of my life. Just insert something else yeah. with angry. I say it all That's the time. That's my secret, Captain. I'm oh. always... I'm always yeah. hungry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that. I do that all the time. Iconic line. And really, I mean, obviously you want to have growth for a character, but that is kind of in some ways a resolution of like, I can control this. Yeah. And, and uh, but, then, but then the problem is we don't see him again until Ultron, right? He He's not in any right. of the phase two stuff until Ultron. I guess what happens in, in Ultron is it's Scarlet Witch's fault that she turns him into, Black you know, Widow. full... What did I say? Scarlet Witch. It's Scarlet Witch's fault. No, 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 I meant Scarlet Witch. Oh, okay. When she gives everybody their visions... Oh, yes. That's what turns Banner into the Hulk, and he destroys that yes, town. Yes, and, yes, You know, Iron Man has to stop him. And that's kind of what sets him off the edge again. But... I don't know. I, that, yeah. The Hulk, oh obviously it was great. And they wanted to do Professor Hulk because it's a thing that's in the comics. Mm -hmm. That's very enjoyable. But I just, I would have liked to see that moment in the movie as opposed to within the time gap. Another weird little thing is the fact that you'd think Hawkeye would have stopped by the Avengers complex immediately after finding out that his family disappeared. Yeah, it is Which kind of probably well, happened. He probably did. We just don't see it. My guess is he, he probably stopped there, and they said we can't do anything. But he wasn't with them to go uh, get Thanos, was he? Yeah, I think he wasn't. That's in space, another. So he was not in space. I guess it might have been unrealistic for him just being a regular man 
to be able to travel that quickly. But no, yeah. there's 22 days in between w- the end of Infinity War and when they go to fight That's him again. True. But you I gotta think, think would... that like airports and planes and everything are down. Like the world is in chaos at that point. Good point. And this is why we do this podcast is we work through things. We together. work through things. We're just, we're gonna work through Thor before it's over. So my and this is a movie of so many highs and all of the lows are just really little things that ultimately add up to me. Like I, I think this is obviously top tier Marvel movies and it's a wonderful mm-hmm. ending, but I think what everybody expected and wanted to see was Tony pulling one last rabbit out of the hat and in a dire situation like he was in the first movie when he's in the Benatar ship with Nebula building something uh, with a box of scraps and saving himself. Yeah. I think that's what everybody just assumed. Like, well, obviously that's, and I think that's one of those things where maybe that's what they were planning to do. And then Marvel wanted to bump up the release of Captain Marvel and like, Oh, well this makes things easier and we can cut down the (laughs) runtime. I don't, there's no need to really speculate about that kind of thing, but it did feel like, Oh, he just gets saved by somebody else. Yeah. Now he does figure out time travel. He does figure that is his big moment. He he figures out. So it's not like he doesn't do anything, but the uh yeah. I I think maybe it it plays into the themes of him up until that point saying he got another chance. Like he was dead in his mind, he had given up, and then he gets saved. He has this second chance now, and that's why he's reluctant to after he yells at everybody and yells at Cap in particular, um, yeah. Then he oh, he he's like he's thankful for this gift he's been given, and that's it. He's out. He doesn't want to do anything else. Yeah, I think it I plays into feel- that theme a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I what I felt was as a big fan of Captain Marvel that the Russo brothers did not know what to do with this character. Absolutely, <laughs> I think that. In hindsight, it would have been better for everybody if that was the kickoff to Phase 4. Because Probably. they clearly didn't know what to do with the character. And I kind of got the sense that they didn't really want her in the movie. Because she wasn't there was, for most of it. She was not there for 99% of the movie. I mean, and, she rescues Tony, and then she comes in at the end and punches Thanos a couple times. And I understand like why they didn't want her in the movie too, because she is so incredibly powerful that if she's there, it makes the movie a lot shorter. Uh, But here's the thing. And this is why I felt like it was a confusing decision that their whole goal is the whole thing is like, we can't use our powers to stop Thanos because he already won. Yeah. What we have to do is go back in time and get the stones again. None of that involves their superpowers. Like they just have to go back in time and be stealthy and be at the right place at the right time. So having Captain Marvel there wouldn't have like she wouldn't have been overly OP if she had gone with Thor to Asgard. Yeah. Uh she That's just cool. would have we might have gotten some fun character interaction. She could have hung out. Yeah. I guess that's the thing I just don't know. Yeah, but, I don't. Th- I don't think they knew what to do with her. I I agree. I I like the moments she's in the film. It's just she's not there much. Did they win some points with the haircut that she gets? They certainly did. 
Okay, well, here's something we're going to disagree on, because <laughs> I'd say my biggest complaint about this movie is that it's it is hair. chock full of haircuts that are horrendous, hideous, and dated. And dated. The, the moment this movie comes out, they are already dated, and I don't like the can I speak to your manager haircut they gave her. I don't <laughs> like... I don't like Black Widow's weird bad hair in the five-year time jump. She has frosted tips. It's just, it's abhorrent. And then Listen, I also hate is, Hawkeye's it's, hair. It's all so bad. <laughs> I like, and this was a disagreement in the theater last night. This was the subject of discussion. Because <laughs> I saw it with like a big group of people. And everyone, there was a real division of Captain Marvel's hair ruled. And Captain Marvel's hair <laughs> was appalling i was on the side that i was like yes you're on the rule side huh me and christina when we saw that hair like fist pumped each other like yeah that's a good choice <laughs> now, can hawkeye's we, hair can we at is, least agree on hawkeye and black widow i think it works for a man in a midlife crisis <laughs> i mean yes i guess it is the equivalent of him buying a red sports car i that's guess the issue i have with it is like that is what trashy 12 year olds in ohio where <laughs> like it's not i don't associate that with coolness i associate it with garbage lord bad it looks bad and like but then again he is a bad edge lord in as ronin so he is, it's, all, he it's is. All good. you're right and then um nat's hair gets a lot better once uh she puts it up and we don't have to see the blonde tips, and it's just like that little braid. Then it's a little better. But man. it was it was really. I mean, the whole thing. And I think this might not have been an accident. Fashion is cyclical. <laughs> right now, people are in a real, you know, sixties and seventies nostalgia in terms of fashion. I think in this five year time gap, the nineties came back. Nineties <laughs> came back. And I just came back, and it came back with the shaved sides of the head for Hawkeye and the Mohawk. Mohawkeye. Mohawkeye. Good, good it job. Came, <laughs> you're welcome, <laughs> universe, for that. It came back in Captain Marvel's haircut, and it came back in Frosted Tips for uh, Carl Johansson. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want it to go away now. I think it might be gone by the time... Spider-Man you know, at least looks normal, out. and he... Uh, and he is the next movie, so we're going to have some normal haircuts would, in Spider-Man. What would his hair have been if he had survived the snap? I think he would have had, like, in sync hair. I think he would have gone, instead of, like, 1990s, he would have gone, like, 1590s 1890s. and had, like, a friar <laughs> tuck shaved top of his head. The little, like, points. <laughs> yes. Very specifically. Yeah. Oh, man. Well... I am upset that we were deprived of this image of Friar Tuck Peter Parker, but that's a hashtag for this episode, of course. Uh, of Boy, course. Let's, let's move ahead to... Um, we talked about Professor Hulk. Yeah, we talked about Scott uh, coming back a little bit. We talked about Scott coming they, back. They go I, see Tony. Oh, well, there's that big moment when Tony first comes back where he oh, yes. blows up about saying the world needed a, a suit of armor and no one listened to him. And now look... I gotta uh, say, this like the Infinity War 
movies, these last two Avengers films, have really made Age of Ultron essential. Like so yeah. many, and I always love love that movie more than most people did. Yeah, but that movie is integral to it the is. character development of Tony Stark. It is, and um, yeah, I mean that really sets off. That really sets off everything that has happened since then, including like Civil War and now all this. And that that moment is rough. It's some of the it's one of the few times that um, in a long while, Robert Downey Jr. has actually gotten to act in these movies. Uh, And I'm not not saying he's I'm not saying he's bad. It's just he's kind of playing the 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 Tony Stark, the more like, you know. Uh, yeah, ambivalent well, like, Tony Stark, like the the jokey Tony. When an actor, you know, like in a long running TV series, has played the character, like um, Hugh Laurie as House was always great, but he was also just like after a while he was just kind of doing his thing. Yeah, and it was rare where he, his his performance stood out just because you're like, yeah, yeah, he's House. Uh, <laughs> this did stand out to me because I was like, oh my god, we're seeing Robert Downey Jr. act his. <laughs> face off yeah, it's like all oh, right he is a really good His actor <laughs> cgi emaciated body off oh, so gross looking yeah i don't know if they nailed that because it seemed noticeably like his head was too big yes his head but, it, it was a lot like the uh uh chris evans in first avenger captain America. his head was just ever head was so just slightly huge. too big <laughs> yeah it just didn't quite get the head right <laughs> if you know what i mean and the <laughs> but yeah, in, in a movie full of powerful moments, uh, Tony saying to Cap, you told me if we lost, then we'd do that together too. Ugh. But we lost and you weren't and you there. there. Oh, boy. I know. I, I know. Spoiler Which, again, alert for my feelings. I did not like sob crying at Tony's death, but that I have. I was emotional the whole time in that moment. I have issues with Tony as a character. Um sure. and there there are issues with like not with the way he's written or anything. I think he's a super well written, logical character with everything they've done for him. I just have problems with him as a person. Sure, yeah. And so I can't help but think, you know, he 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 gets that good arc at the end and he finally I think he finally like grows up at the end of this movie. But even at the beginning where he's blaming Cap for not being there, I just can't help but think it's kind of your fault. Like you, you did civil war. You chased all these people away. You did Ultron. You have screwed up a lot of stuff. And I think he realizes that by the end and does what he has to do. But like, that is a, that is a very powerful moment. I just have a hard time ever putting myself on Tony's side in any of these movies, but that, I I mean, he's a good character. So, Oh yeah. He's, he feels like he's a wonderful character. He does. Um, we talked about them going to kill Thanos. It's a crazy scene. Crazy scene. Uh, we talked about the you know initial five-year time jump. We talked about Scott coming back. So let's talk about when we see Tony after the five-year time jump. Ugh, do we have to? And I know. <laughs> now, here's what I noticed, because as a person who watches Infinity War every week at some point, the... When Tony and Pepper are like having a nice walk in the park at the beginning of Infinity War, and he ha- he's talking about that he had a dream that they had a kid and it felt so real. Mm-hmm. 
he said, we named him after your eccentric uncle, Morgan. Yeah. That's what they named the kid in this. They named yep. her Morgan. Great. Which I really it's like really good. All the connective tissue between this movie and everything before it is incredible that they did it. It's great. I mean, in in big things and in really tiny things. Yes, that's a that's a little way. thing you could miss and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it just it really rewards people for paying attention, mm. and I think that's something that uh, Star Wars does really well in its best moments, like yeah. trusting the audience to make connections, right. And really letting emotional moments shine. I, I think that's why this movie and Infinity War stand out to me so much in relation to some other Marvel movies. They they feel more Star Wars-y in the fact that they're more willing to really let the hard-hitting emotional moments hit and yeah. breathe. And they're not eager to get back to the fun. Like this movie is hilarious and really fun. They're not going to cut it off at the knees like they might have in Iron Man 3. Yeah. W was this written by the Russos? No, it was written by the folks who have written um, the, a lot of the Marvel movies, Marcus and McFeely. Gotcha. They well, wrote I, I think this all is the Captain America An extremely well-written movie. Oh, yes. Um, and they had uh, – I, I, there's a really good interview with them. You can listen to it in podcast form. Gosh darn it, I can't think of what the podcast was. Um, but they talked about on a recent interview that like the, the turnaround time for both of these scripts was like remarkably short. They had a lot of time to write Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. which is why they felt like it is such a tight script. But like for Infinity War parts one and two, they had like maybe two years. Which is not a lot for the size and scope of this movie, right? And yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I. It makes me think that they had a lot of these bigger moments planned out, even if it wasn't written down. They had an idea of what was happening a long time ago. There was ago. an idea. There was an idea. Period. <laughs> um, another note about like Tony and his daughter and his, like, I mean, he's living a a, a picturesque life. Yeah, he's like really living little, Hawkeye's life. He really is. He like he had a happy ending, which I'm glad he eventually came to his senses and realized you can't it's not it's not fair. He is someone who has been privileged his entire life, um in more ways than one. And right. now he has this opportunity, he thinks, for a second chance. And his life, for the rest of his life, he's going to be okay. He's never going to have any more problems ever again if he stays there. Um, and I like that. I, I think that's a big turning point for Tony. And when he grows up is when he decides, when he when he realizes. And I like that Pepper was on board with it. Like, yes, she's also a good person and realizes that it's not fair what they have. And I like that she wasn't like, Tony, you can't do this. You can't leave us. You can't leave everything yes. you have. I'm really glad that her decision was, you know, you can't not do this. Yeah. She says, you know, we got really lucky. But a lot of people didn't. Yeah. I I love how they handled Pepper Potts in this movie. She's always been very good. Yes, she and, has been. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily love Gwyneth Paltrow in real life, but I think in these movies and – as far as her chemistry with Robert Downey Jr., it's always been insane. Mm -hmm. And I think 
what this movie, another compliment I can pay it is that there are a lot of emotional moments, but they never go for the cheap emotional moments because the cheap emotional moment is you can't do this, Tony, we have the daughter, how could you? And he's yeah. so conflicted over it. The cheap moment is her like screaming and pounding his chest as he's dying. But instead what we get is like her understanding the person that she married, understanding that the morally correct thing to do is to try your best to help all the people who were lost and that Tony could never actually be happy if he didn't do this. Yep. And, th- and making peace of the fact that he'll be at peace yeah. and that ultimately they'll be fine without him. Like it, it sucks, but life moves on. Like it's a more complicated emotional moment that they paint for her. Yep. Which is very impressive from a, a blockbuster superhero movie that has to do so much in three hours. But I know it's yeah. All of those little moments I think were handled the way that they should have been. It's great. And I like that. <laughs> I like the general idea that Tony Stark, uh, if he put his mind to it, probably <laughs> always could have invented time travel, but he just <laughs> yes. bothered with it. And I, I mean, this is a comic book movie. It, it's, it's ridiculous, but this is totally in line with everything he does. He invented an in Iron Man too. He's created right. a new element on the periodic table, right? Because he had a free afternoon and needed to do it. No, it it yeah. it's it's consistent with a universe that has a giant green monster. Who's yes, like, a like yeah, it fits this. It fits this uh, universe very well. And, and the I way like they it. handle it for him is so good because he doesn't want to figure it out. He like <laughs> really wants it to be impossible. And the way he talks to Friday is like, I have this dumb idea. It's probably not going to work. Take your time. Um, No big deal if it doesn't work. He's like, (laughs) crap, I actually did figure it out. Oh, shoot. (laughs) And there's another like fun moment. See, like the humor in this movie doesn't rely on just lots of like little quippy one-liners. As much as I love Joss Whedon, that's very much what his style of humor was in the first two Avengers movies. But this, like, the moment between him and his daughter there where he figures it out and he cusses and then he realizes she's right there, that's just a lighthearted, yes. fun moment that... Good, um, relatable yes, moment. Yes, yes. It's great. And uh, we do get a fun scene back at the Avengers compound of, like, Ant-Man turning into a baby and an old man, and <laughs> which is a fun... There are slapstick scene. moments, for sure, but I think yeah. they're at the right moment and the other that was... humor is at the right moment. That was the first really blatantly funny scene. I mean, the first, like the introduction to Professor Hulk is pretty crazy. Yeah. And is played for how surreal it is. I love that he's such a big hit with kids <laughs> and yep. is a dorky dad. I, I really like how they play into just Mark Ruffalo's natural dweebishness. Yep. Uh, it's great. He's such a good choice for Hulk. He really is. He's so good. And, uh, yeah, but Tony just comes in. He's figured out time travel, <laughs> and they have to go recruit Thor to get the whole gang together. Yeah, so let's okay. get into this. let's let's get into this. Help me out here. Help me out here, Jake. Why why am I so, not on? Why am I not immediately on board with Thor in this movie? Like I have been since <laughs> I was born. Fortnite probably didn't help anything. Fortnite did not help anything. That's not helping anyone. No, the fact that the prosthetics are not good. Yeah. Is yeah. also not helping anything. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm on board with like 
half of this movie being a joke about Thor is fat. Like I don't love that either. It's a very long fat joke in this movie that I that I don't love. Um, I don't love it because he has my body. Well, that's and the other thing. I'm definitely seeing dying. myself, and uh, it's very I funny was, that I look like myself. Now. I was uh, they they put a mirror on the screen for part of this movie, <laughs> and I was staring into my flabby soul. Yeah, if you take our bodies, story. if you take our bodies and make them six foot five, we look like yes. Chris Hemsworth in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thor wasn't that fat. He just wasn't ridiculously cut like he always is. He just had like a little beer belly. Yeah. And he still had those big guns too. That was what was really weird was like he still had muscly arms because they can't very well hide that. No. But he just had – He's still a god, you know. He's still a god. They still put a little like prosthetic plastic belly over his abs. Yeah. It's just – it doesn't look – visually convincing to me i think that was actually maybe the main problem with it is that yeah they didn't if they're gonna go for that kind of gag i don't think it looked the best but it didn't look the best and it it felt a little it felt a little weird but more more than that more than like his physical appearance i i'm not sure how i feel about his emotional arc in this movie like we said this is a cap and tony movie so this isn't really thor's movie to get a huge arc but what is there? I don't, I don't. I don't know if I'm on. I don't know if I'm on board with with what we did with Thor in this movie. So what's a little weird about it? Because I and I'm going to defend it, but I, I think there's a few things that like just don't quite add up in one's head when watching a movie. Like because you see New Asgard, which is kind of what I thought they were going to do. Like yeah, when and they Thor Ragnarok. When Odin says, this could be Asgard, and he's just like in Norway, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They're probably going to do that. That's where they found the Tesseract in the first uh, Avenger movie. Um, so that makes sense. But you'd have to think that Thor was a really integral part of building new Asgard. He is their king. So in your head, you're like, so was he always like this? Like as soon as he came back to Earth, was he a good king for a while? And then he got more and more despondent. Was it Was it always Valkyrie really pulling the string? I don't know. I think I think my issue with it is he's suffering from the Hulk and Infinity War disease where well yes they take this interesting idea of Thor being, you know, despondent, Thor being extremely depressed, Thor being um not not really sure what to do with his life now that his people are barely around, all of his family is dead, all of his relationships are are bad. And then it's played for laughs most of the time, which is what I think I why I think I have a, a slight problem with it is because that's an that's an interesting angle to take this thing, and then we're introduced with him yelling at some kid playing Fortnite, saying he's gonna yeah. come over there and beat him up because he's. I, it's just like it's an interesting idea that I think falls flat for me in its execution. Yeah, occasionally Marcus and McFeely reveal themselves as old men who were out of touch with the youngsters yeah. and make a joke like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you said new master 69. And it's like, yeah. maybe that would have been really funny ago. in 1999. Yeah. Maybe. That would have been really <laughs> on the cutting edge when doom was out, but not so much now. Yeah. No, but okay. So here's what works about it for me. You know how, like when you first watch the last Jedi and you see Luke throw the lightsaber over his shoulder, you kind of laugh. Cause it's just so unexpected and weird. Right. 
then you watch it again when you know his full arc and you're like, that actually isn't. It's not being played for loud. You just laugh because it was so unexpected. Yeah, it was unexpected, but it's not a funny moment. There was a bit like they walk into Thor's place. It's obviously played for laughs at first when he's, you know, shirtless and and drinking and Mm -hmm. Meek and Korg are on the couch. But then when Hulk says, we can bring them back, we can can go back and stop Thanos. Yeah. And the tone really changes. There were some chuckles in the theater where he's like, who killed Thanos? Anybody else here kill Thanos? And they're like, as if it was played for a joke, but it isn't. Like, yeah, I yeah, really I agree. I liked that moment. When I was watching it again, I was like, oh, this is really good. And, and more and more throughout the movie, I realized that there are a lot of good moments for him scattered in there that aren't as funny when you're able to just kind of soak in what is actually happening. I really love, it was kind of worth it for me when we get to Asgard, we see how afraid of his past mistakes he is. Like he associates Asgard in general with failure. Right. We have his failed relationship. He talks about um, Jane Foster as kind of like a, he talks about her like he, like he's bragging. They used to date her, but then he, <laughs> like he mentions the fact that it didn't work out and he gets really depressed. And right. When it works out really well that they go back to the dark world because Jane is there, the past failure of his. His mom is there on the day that she dies, which he considers to be a personal failure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Loki is imprisoned, his brother, that he was never able to, you know, turn to good. All all of these reminders of failure are there. And then when he has that, it really works. And then the rest of the movie, he's really the Thor that we no he is he is it i i yeah i i mean it is just there there are just those moments like when he first gets back to the the base and he's still drinking beer and burping and they call him lebowski and it's like it's a funny moment but at the same time i feel like it's undercutting uh what he what he could be showing and i think some yeah. of it is probably Hemsworth because he's on the record of, of saying he enjoys playing funny Thor more than like dark world Thor. And yeah. and I understand that. I think Ragnarok for me was a good mix of funny and yet uh, serious moments. Um, yeah. Like the moment with Odin is really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, this movie to me leaned a little more into the funny thing, which I think will continue in guardians three. Now that Thor is with the guard, the Asgardians oh, of the galaxy, man. which was maybe my favorite joke of the movie because I love that puns. Was, that was great, um, and that's a real thing in the comics. Asgardians of the galaxy. Oh, is it? Oh, that's very funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, Thor in a in a Guardians movie is going to again skew to the funnier side. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I I guess I feel a little better. I do need to see it again. I've only seen it the first time, but yeah. I don't From know. Hearing, Thor is just my favorite. I love Thor. I know. From hearing the interview with Marcus and McFeely, they they do seem to be very, and rightfully so, very critical of DC. And I think they're so worried about it being a DC movie where there's bleak, somber brooding right. that they like are like, let's just make this a joke yeah. instead. So we don't even have to worry about it. And it's like... I, I think the other think, concern is we have a very on the edge Black Widow. We have a Hawkeye turned into a, a mass murdering psychopath, and we have 
you know, we have all these things that are yeah maybe we don't need another dark character and chris hemsworth has proven himself to be really funny let's just make this funny but i oh, think that by the way when, the minute yeah. black trailer i can't wait to see that it actually looked funny it looks so good because i i like the first men in black and when i was a child i liked the second one i can't guarantee that it holds up now yeah i don't know but it's been a while since i've seen the second in a hot minute but uh that actually looked great and yeah. i'm always down for more tessa thompson and chris mm -hmm. hemsworth chemistry yep my goodness that's a what a great decision um so yeah let's get into this time travel business okay the mission is interesting i i love it i think it was a really smart way to do a greatest hits compilation without yeah it being you know them just watching previous moments right it's it is instead a way to reflect on how far they've come and to celebrate where they've been but do it in a way that gives you new information so like also calling York, it a time heist is the best decision anyone's ever made it was great <laughs> it was so good um time heist was very funny that's just a great thing that's just a great those two words together are good words i like it i i liked it too is it possible that that was on in my little notebook of ideas that i actually had for real ideas for books yes <laughs> it was a time heist now yeah. you can't do it <laughs> but i can't do it anymore. um <laughs> no it, but i really like the the battle of new york is obviously the kind of the, the one of the big set pieces that they have here with this time travel stuff. And they kind of introduce it with the, the iconic shot of all the Avengers, you know. Yeah. But as soon as you see Hulk, you, you see how far Hulk has come by the fact that like, <laughs> he has trouble even mustering up the ability to be angry. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Just really funny. He's just, because we see a little more of the 2012 Hulk, like just... And and he's so and, and twenty nineteen Hulk is so or twenty twenty four I guess Hulk is so embarrassed of him and I just that's a great little moment we see like the old Hulk was just like an animal pretty much. It, I really love that he was embarrassed by it. That was yeah. really really funny. Um, <laughs> just him gleefully jumping on the truck, <laughs> yes, Atari under it was really funny. <laughs> but that was very good. I there's a lot of funny nods like you see from behind the iconic shot of them all standing over loki and then one of them says like okay pose here all day or are we can actually do something about this <laughs> like mm -hmm. they do call attention to the fact that like they were just posing above him iconically for no reason right <laughs> but it was all to service the fact that like oh wait a minute back then shield was not known to be hydra and they were cleaning up after all that stuff yeah so all of those evil hydra guys were the ones who took loki's scepter so they would be there and yep. this leads to my favorite stuff oh that, all of i know exactly right. what you're talking about and it's such a great moment my favorite stuff my favorite stuff <laughs> is uh what should be the title of this podcast <laughs> is the cap everything that happens with him him interacting with the hydra agents and i like the fact that Ant-Man does call out that in hindsight, they do all look like bad guys. <laughs> they all look like bad guys, 100%. <laughs> Which I, I never figured out, because like that kind of... Uh, Rumlow the one guy with the and... glasses, yeah. who's bald. Jasper, like he's in the, whatever his name is. Yeah, he's in like all the Avengers movies up yep. till... Up till Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier. 
But yeah. he looks evil when he you does. know he's an evil guy. And, and Rumlow uh, looks super evil. Yeah. The one guy is literally one of the bad guys in Batman v Superman. He's KGB. Yeah. He's got a he's got a very uh distinct face. He's gonna be typecast as evil henchman yes. number three for a long time, unfortunately. Yes. But uh they set up the elevator scene. Oh. And you're like, oh my god, I'm so ready for another elevator scene. Yeah, you think it's but gonna be way- just like Winter Soldier again. Why not? Why not see Cap punching all these guys? But instead, what he does to get the scepter is they make a callback to one of the most infamous comics in recent history. I couldn't believe they did it. Cap leans over and says, it's okay. Hail Hydra. And they're all like, oh, <laughs> he's in on it too. And so they just give him the case. And yep. I, that was like legitimately as a fan. That was my favorite part of the movie. It's brilliant. It was brilliant. And it was ballsy because people really hate There was an arc called Secret Empire where it was revealed that Captain America was secretly a Hydra agent. And I actually didn't keep up with it. I don't know if it was ever resolved in a I way that... Yeah, I think it's very dumb. Maybe I, I just not knowing anything about the comic, I don't want Captain America. I know you have to, I know you have to do every story ever because comics never end. But right. like, I don't really want Captain America to be a, a secret Hydra agent in any fashion. Yeah. But this is That's a great why... way to to reference that without meaning it. And even if you don't know that specific reference, to have Captain America say that is just... <laughs> but great. And I think what's really good about it is it shows that he has become more well-rounded and morally complicated. like. Because what's so great about him facing off against 2012 Captain America, who's just spewing, like, he, the way he even stands is different. I do this all day, and he's just like, ugh, I know. Like, yeah, I know, I get it. <laughs> that was my thing for a while, wasn't it? And, like, he was so black and white, good and bad, in The Avengers. Yep. And to see, the, and even his costume in the new movie is, like, black. Yeah, it's a little like, darker. It's not, it's like, yeah. It's not red, white, and blue, this new nope. costume is. Um, it was just a really good moment. It was, and of course, the joke about his butt is great. It is very good. <laughs> it was so. Funny. That was such a Paul Rudd line that I kind of assumed it was improv. Yeah, back <laughs> they put that in the script. Those weirdos. It's great. <laughs> um, that was good. I I think it was kind of messed up for Nebula not to mention that on Vormir you'd have to have somebody die because kind yeah, of seemed she like she maybe mentioned that. Because she knew that that was what happened. Like when in Infinity War, when Thanos has the Soul Stone and Nebula is gone, she says he did it. Like she knew what he had to do. He probably could have mentioned, like, oh, by the way, one of you two is going to have to sacrifice yourself. Uh, One more note about uh, the Captain America. Oh, yes, please. The 2012, when they go back to the first Avengers movie. Um, they kind of did, and again, it's all a little screwy with time travel, so maybe this will never pop back up, but they kind of softly resurrected two characters that died in Infinity War with Loki oh. and with Gamora, because that, yes. that Loki, he he leaves. They didn't, they didn't capture him. He doesn't go back to Asgard. He gets the Tesseract, and he's gone. Now, this is a different timeline, Loki, so he may never show up again with our heroes that we know, but Gamora does, 
which we'll get to that point in the movie later, but they kind of did. I like that it was going to feel cheap if they resurrected people who died in infinity war and there were no stakes to that movie, even though I knew we were going to lose people in this one, I kind of wanted infinity war to stay intact. And I think they did that with kind of bringing people back, but not really. Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. And so this blew my mind yesterday we were talking about like alternate timelines and stuff after the movie. And I was like, Oh my God, they announced a Marvel. What if show Disney plus. Yeah. Well, I forgot well, they did that. Here and it is. <laughs> they have introduced all these crazy alternate possible timelines. Yeah. Those sneaky sons of guns. It's like, they know what they are doing. And you're wondering how can they do a Loki show? He's dead. Are they just going to resurrect them? And so now we have a potential for an entire timeline where Loki. Yep. Never lost the Tesseract. Yeah. Oh, man. What a lot of fun stuff they can do. I mean, non-canonical comics are always the best. Yeah, when you can do something fun with them. My favorite comic run, just because, like, I picked it, like, I was just going to the comic book store and picked it up, not knowing what it was, was when they did the Flashpoint Batman series where Thomas Wayne is the one that survives. Yeah. And the mom becomes the Joker. Bruce Wayne's the one that dies in the alleyway. I, I thought it was love, the most uh, amazing thing I'd ever read, and it's not canon. Red Sun, another one that's not canon. That's very funny. Oh, yeah. Superman if, is like, it yeah, lands, lands in, in communist Russia. Russia instead of yeah. America. <laughs> so good. Um, so I'm excited for that possibility, and I think it was a smart thing to do to introduce the multiverse, and it kind of is a little confusing, but I feel pretty solid on the logic of it. Talk- yeah. We've been discussing this in our Discord a lot. The going through their particulars. Yeah. I think they I had a lot of nitpicks with it the first time and I, I feel pretty solid on it after yeah, seeing it. Again. I think they I think they I liked the line of naming all the different time travel movies and saying, No, it's not like that one, it's not like that one. That's almost like directly talking to the audience. That's not how I time know. travel works here. It's gonna work this way. Don't think of Back to the Future. No one's gonna disappear. And then and then shortly after that you see Captain America fighting himself. So you know there's yes. no like there's no paradox like you can't run into your past self where bad things will happen. It's just like no, that's that's not how it works in this movie. Yeah, in my opinion, the the best way to handle time travel is the way that Lost did it, which is basically what this does, which is whatever happened happened. Like if you go back into like if you go back in time, that means that has always happened and you will only cause whatever future you're trying to prevent. Yeah. Time is cyclical. And this movie does introduce the idea that like if you make a change a new branch will happen mm-hmm. with also giving the option of destroying those branches by restoring the original timeline yeah and i think that is where the ending with captain america makes sense if you uh just make it headcanon that captain america lived out his entire life with peggy let regular captain america do his thing didn't interfere Yep. And then he just was like a stay at home dad. <laughs> yeah. Just had like lived his life when Peggy died, came back and, and reset the timeline. Uh, I, it all kind of makes sense. Yep. He, he reset it. So it's all fine. He could do whatever kind of crazy stuff. he did Well, during I, the- I think, I think he was in you. You're saying that he was in like their current universe the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so then like, even when, well, I don't know. Yeah, see, it's it's still a little. It's just whatever. It's time travel. I know it's not possible well, in real life. So whatever. Here's a fun thing. Here's a fun <laughs> thing that I thought about. 
in Winter Soldier, I think it's in Winter Soldier, when he goes to the Captain America Museum, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a clip of Peggy Carter saying, you know, he saved a soul, including the man who would eventually become husband. Yeah. Well, they don't say who her husband was. They don't say. But which then, means it could have but, very well been. Captain but then America. we have the issue that uh, he Thanos. kissed his niece. Okay. I posted about this in Discord. This was my first thought. What happened when that niece was born? <laughs> Did he like hold that baby and say, like, hey, I may get with you? Yeah. Point, well, is he like, like horrified? And then it's just like, oh, like crap. Straight up dump the crap out of you. I ghost you. <laughs> and just like go literally ghost you to the point where I go back and live in a. Yeah. Die There's like no you. blood relation. And at the time, he doesn't know that it's his. Uh, yeah. It's very. Uh, Does that. Remain the biggest that might be that might end up being the biggest misstep in the MCU is that civil war romance. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have had a romance. And she was was fine in Winter Soldier because there was just like a small flirtation and it never turned into anything. But then Civil War, it's like, oh no, actually we are together. (laughs) They did it because it happens in the comics, but in the comics he doesn't then go back He doesn't go back and and have a whole life with Peggy with the knowledge that he has slept with one of her very close relatives, <laughs> who is a child, who is a oh, but he he's there for her birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, anyway, let's not, not think about think that too things. much. This is like Fry becoming his own grandfather yes. in Futurama, where you're like, best I'm thinking about those things. Um, so that was great. I mean, we talked about your favorite movie of all time comes back in a big way, Riley. It does. Thor The Dark World. It does. The most important movie in the MCU. The most important movie in the MCU. Here it is. Uh, I love that his mother immediately knows something is wrong and that it's not. Yeah, she's like, listen, we're crazy space people. I know about time travel. Like, I'm smart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I know what's going on here. Also, you're really bad at lying in this moment. Yeah. What I really liked was him saying, I'm not supposed to talk to you. And she says, you can talk to me. It's okay. Like, it was just a very yeah. good, reassuring <laughs> mom thing to say. Yeah. I and, love uh, I loved the little resolution that he gets with her. Just, that's oh, a, man. That was, a, that was a good Thor moment when he gets to it's talk It's beautiful because, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't really have an extended moment like that in any of the movies. They don't. They they talk. She has literally one line in the first Thor. Um, she's just in the background and she says one thing one time near the end of that movie. I'm pretty sure. Okay, and it's great then, that you're king and everything. Yeah, and then in the dark world, she has more to do, but she dies halfway through, and then you know he never gets a chance to say goodbye to her or anything. Yeah. So no, she, no Anthony Hopkins in this movie, but. Yeah, no Anthony That's Hopkins, which I, you know, I don't blame him. He's done. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he wants to do these anymore. He's got enough money. The, I'm sure, like he's, although I don't know, he did like Transformers 18, so maybe he doesn't have <laughs> yeah. enough money. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, he died in Ragnarok, and then he got the phone call. Hey, actually, can you come back? And it, no, I'm dead. And he hangs up the phone. That's my <laughs> guess of what happened. I'm dead. <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm just always down for seeing more Anthony Hopkins. But it, I, they I did really pretty like much bring everybody else on in history back. They brought Robert Redford back right. for like a cup of coffee. Right. Just because. It was yeah. great. It was great. What a good villain. They're playing the hits. 
they were playing the hits and I was I was down. I was down with it. Vormir is uh was one of the coolest planets in all of recent. It looks fiction. so great. It's one of my like th- when I saw that planet the first time I was like this is what I want from Star Wars. I, I was about to say that. That's the kind of stuff we need alien planets in Star Wars. Please give me Which an looks- ego the living planet. Give me a oh, Vormir. Give me these goodness. things in Star Wars. That planet also blew my mind. Eagle yeah. Living Planet. Okay. Vormir, they go there, and uh, there is a fight over who gets to sacrifice their lives, which is really great. It is. Yeah. It feels really in line with their relationship, which is competitive yet friendly. Mm-hmm. And they, they clearly love each other, but... In, in another life, they could have been together, probably were at one point, but they've just now they're just these kinder, just great friends. friends. Yeah, they're just great friends who probably did it at I, some point. Well, maybe, but that's kind of what I like about these movies is that it's never that's never a thing. Like, you yeah, find out deal. he's been married the whole time, and I just like that this is one of those rare instances in movies where you see a man and a woman who are just like friends and. Maybe there was a history, but I don't ever feel that tension between them in any of the movies. Yeah, and it's really good. Like in um, Age of Ultron, like uh, Black Widow's on good terms with Hawkeye's wife. Like it's right. not like There's oh, no you brought her there. around. They do a good job of avoiding like kind of ugly, tired tropes, right? Stuff. Yep. So that was really great. Um, Black Widow dies. I felt nothing. <laughs> That's yeah. I wondered if I was alone on that one. And like, it was a good moment. I think maybe it's because um, I think she was happy. Like, this is what this is how she wanted to go. So maybe that's why I wasn't as emotional. Even though, like, I was emotional with Tony, where he was. I think he was happy with his decision in the end. But yeah, I was oh, kind yeah. of in the same boat where I just did not feel that much when she died, which is odd. It's a little, it's a little tricky because I felt a lot when Gamora died. Yeah, is it maybe because I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies a lot? Maybe, but I also think there was a shock factor. Where you really didn't think they were going to do it. Right. Because we know there's Guardians 3. (laughs) Right. And so you're like, well, they're not actually. And then they do. And it's like, what? (laughs) And you get the like incredible fallout of, you know, Star-Lord finding out she's dead and all these things. But this one, I think it's not as sad because it is such a voluntary sacrifice. Right. It's not an, I mean, it's untimely in that it's a shame that she had to die, but she's sacrificing herself for the, for the team. And I, I thought back to age of Ultron when she was perfectly willing to die in Sokovia, where she's like, there are worse ways to go out. This is a perfectly good way to die. Like she's yeah. just always, she's like, as long as I'm done good, she, right. you know what she's doing, Riley? And I know you'll appreciate this. She's really quoting that great line from man of steel. A good death is its own reward. Sure. Everyone remembers that line. Everyone remembers that. <laughs> I think about the it every day. Law and order said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it is a it is a good I think you're right. It's because it's voluntary that it's not as sad. It's a good it's a heartwarming end in a weird way for her. Yeah, it's it's, but it's not a tragic it's, end. Yeah, I, I didn't cry, I think, because it felt like this is what she wanted to do and it's mm-hmm. what needed to be done. And I love Black Widow, but it 
I, I wasn't like sobbing. I think another, I think another problem is when I see Tony go, I see reactions from characters that I really uh, feel connected to. And when I see black widow go, I see Hawkeye's reaction and I'm just like, I'm, I don't have anything against Hawkeye. I'm just like so completely indifferent to this character. I, I have been right now, the beginning. I'm completely indifferent to Jeremy Renner as an actor. Yeah, and maybe that's. And the I, I have more than indifference to his haircut. It, yeah, exactly. If I see so, somebody on the side of the street crying with that haircut, I'm thinking they're really crying about their barbershop visit they just had. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, but like when I see when I see Peter and Pepper's reaction to Tony dying, that's what I'm thinking about. Not so much Tony's sacrifice because I also think he's happy with what he did. But I'm I'm reacting more to the reactions of his death, and I guess with Black Widow, I'm just like I don't really care if Hawkeye's sad. Yeah, and then we get the uh, good moment when he goes back and like Hulk's angry, and that I like that. But yeah, I I think it was a really well done death. I just I'm with you. I didn't feel much. I'm dead inside. Yeah, much like her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was all very good. Then they come back to the present. And this is where we get into the last. No, we no, missed a huge part. We missed a huge part. We missed the seventies. Yeah, I have a question about this from a plot standpoint. So, like the accident. So Tony and Ant Man fail. They do not get the Tesseract. Right. And so they have to, and they only have one uh, vial of pin particles to get back to the future. And again, so can they I have say- to. It is yeah. Tony's fault that they fail in more ways than one. <laughs> Continuing yeah. the theme of Tony's failure, not it only does always is his fault. Not only does present day Tony fail, but 2012 Tony fails because he tells Hulk to take the <laughs> stairs, and that's the main reason. Because Hulk bursts through the door and knocks the Tesseract away from current day Tony. So I a love that little note. A little unbelievable that he wouldn't just jump down jump the staircase down. like yes. he does everything else. Yes, <laughs> we've all played Ultimate. Destruction. You we just jump down the survive such falls. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I thought no, that was a funny I, note, though. No, it's totally true. So the, the only question I have, because this everything in the seventies is really great. Yeah. Another you know favorite part of the movie for me. He says to Cap Lake, "I know a time where we can go, where we can get pin particles and the stones." I, yeah. I just I know how I know it. Like he says, like don't worry about it. This is like he says it as if he knows the date because it's really significant to him. But it's not a significant day. Well, I don't I don't and know. In if fact, it, was- it seems it seems like he. He knows that his dad works there and that's how he knows it. But then he goes and he's like surprised to see his dad. Well, I, I wonder if maybe it wasn't um, like the, the actual date or if he just knew that when I was. A baby when I was born, because like before I was born, before like yeah, my my dad and Pim worked at this same place. Like this is where I was born, so maybe that's where he knows. Like he doesn't have the exact date in mind. He just knows if he goes somewhere around his birth, he will those both of those things will be there at the same time. Maybe I don't know. Which, by the way, a good thing that I've seen on uh, online is. You know, like in the Ant-Man movies, Hank Pym has a real hatred of the Starks. Uh-huh. Feels it like they stole from him. <laughs> in this movie, they literally steal they literally from him. They literally steal from him. And maybe and, that's what started the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's why this is confusing in terms of like, 
they both cause all these things that have happened and also them. undo it. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this to throw it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's a little sweaty sometimes, but you know. What matters is that John Slattery deserves to be in every movie. He's so it's good. It's a shame that he's, he's so not. Good. It's weird to see him with black hair because I'm so used to him with white hair. I know. Uh, but He's really good. He, my favorite part was when he says, you're not a beatnik, are you, Potts? <laughs> I know. So good. It was really good. Howard Potts. He's Howard not very good at coming up with names. And then and then Steve does the <laughs> same thing. He's also bad at coming up with a fake name. I forget what name he yeah. comes up with when he's like challenged, but I'm like, you guys should have thought of this more. Thought of a fake name. It's like they're looking around their desk, and I'm like, oh, my name is uh, Pencil Scissors. I, I will say, I'm not the biggest Family Guy fan in the entire world, but one of the best jokes i think in the show is peter griffin he has to come up with a fake name so he looks around the room he says my name is uh he looks at a bathroom p he looks at somebody like tearing a napkin tear and then a griffin from like <laughs> fantasy flies through the room and says griffin like that. that's so <laughs> stupid and it's very funny it's so stupid, right. it's very funny um that's what i thought of when he said my name is howard howard Potts. Potts. yeah so what I liked about this flashback was it really only existed and uh trigger warning for Canto Bite haters, <laughs> it only existed to develop the characters because yeah. there wasn't any real tension. There wasn't like there there was not like, oh my god, we're gonna get caught. like Shirley from Community who almost got them, I guess, a set for a second. Yeah. But no, it's they could have gotten the if they wanted to advance the plot of the movie, they would have gotten the Tesseract in New York. Yes. The reason why it exists is to give Tony closure with his dad, which is something that's haunted him forever, mm -hmm. and to give Cap another glimpse into a life that he could potentially he have. And, and, and I, was have. I was upset at first because Thor gets his moment of closure with his mother. Um, Tony gets his moment of closure with his father. And then we only see Cap look through the window and i'm like oh, that is no. just so captain america he never gets that and then of course they fix it at the end of the movie because he does get that and more but at the at right. the moment in the movie i'm like oh that's really disappointing they're really lean, leaning into captain america never gets what he deserves in a in yeah a good way. <laughs> but oh man they, they fixed it so we'll talk about they it. Fixed it they fixed it then when they come back to the present we have a quick funeral for natasha everyone's sad they're like all right She's dead anyway. So then they do the snap again. And by the way, another thing is that Tony, I guess they have the original glove to study, but he's able to make a gauntlet real, real yeah. easy. Well, you know, if you can figure out time travel, you can make a gauntlet. <laughs> you'd, you'd think it wouldn't be. So and I guess when they go to, I can't remember the planet name from Infinity War, where they see Tall Dinklage. Oh, yeah. They, it, it, he really just made like a cast iron, like he, he made like a mold. Yeah, pretty much. Just kind of made a made a gold gauntlet. It didn't seem like it was all that complicated. No, there's not like intricate circuitry in there. I think it right, mostly comes right. from the stones. Just has to be real strong. Yeah, to withstand the power of glowing stones. Um, so we have Hulk is ultimately the one that wears the gauntlet, and I liked a couple things about this. 
the one thing is textual where he says like this thing is mostly gamma radiation it's like i was made for this nice Mm -hmm. capper on hulk like this this curse of his finally is going to do some good that gamma radiation is going to help him be able to bring everybody back yep i like it i also really like i tell you what i like in fiction is when we don't have to explain how the technology works behind a fantastical thing right no in inception we don't need an explanation of how the dream machine works we just know they hook it up it works you go in a dream (laughs) in with the gauntlet you put on the gauntlet you snap your fingers and whatever you want to happen happens yep they don't ever even say that it's just like intuited from you just do it Yep. It's just like understood. Oh, okay. Well, if we snap our fingers, good things will happen. Yeah. It's like the Triforce is what I'm really trying to say. There is that one line at the end where he says, I tried to think about her. I tried to bring her back and it just I really happen. tried to bring her back. Yeah. Yeah. So like there, it does involve like a little thought, but like, again, that's all we need to know. He thought about the things he wanted to do and he did it. Which I love because it's such a fantasy concept. Like that's what the Triforce is in Zelda. If a bad person gets it, they get whatever's in their corrupt heart. If yeah. a noble person gets it, they get whatever's in their noble heart. And that's what the gauntlet is, really. It's just the Triforce with more pieces. Yep. And and I like, yeah, it's a sex force. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like that. <laughs> I also that's the like, greatest joke that's ever happened on our show. <laughs> I also like that... Um, you know, Tony's very adamant, and it makes sense. But their goal is not to bring everything back, and their their goal is not to not fix, to reset everything. It's not to reset Infinity War. Their right. goal is to bring everyone back and to fix things from here on out, which I like. Because this movie could have fallen into the trap where we go back to Infinity War and the final fight is Infinity War and Wakanda, and they're fighting Thanos again. And I'm glad that it wasn't that. And I thought it was going to be that. I thought that. Like that scene from the first Infinity War trailer where we see all the characters running at the camera, including the Hulk, mm-hmm. was going to be in this movie. And I was like, oh, I bet that's where they got that from. Uh, and no. Nope. They, so they try we, and fool you. They make it look like it's the planet that Infinity War ended on, Titan. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually just Earth. <laughs> it's just Earth. And we haven't talked about Nebula, who's a real high. That's who's a high point you said you broke up yeah 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 she's she's a real high yeah we didn't talk about her arc with uh with roadie and what they do that's a kind of important point (laughs) we totally missed them on morag and that's kind of uh, integral to the rest of the movie yeah they so they bring back come and get your love one of the great scenes in all of the mcu and they show what it actually is, which is that if you were just watching that, you can't hear the music. You just would see this guy dancing around for no reason. That, that reminds me, have you seen um, that video of Kevin Bacon dancing in Footloose, which is which fits so perfectly with the theme of Guardians? But <laughs> I haven't, but I just know where this is going. So it is like it's the scene where he's like so upset that the town won't let him dance. So he goes to some like abandoned farm and he dances and he turns the music on in his car and so the scene starts and the music's like kind of loud it sounds like it's coming out of car speakers and then the further he away he gets from his car the music just like fades out and it's just him like grunting and jumping and it's just it is hilarious and that's what this reminded me of that's very good that's very good yeah and i just the comic timing of don Cheadle, which should be the name of our podcast but <laughs> 
Ben Schwartz really thinks that John John Cheadle is a like a secretly great improviser for some reason. But the amount of time it takes him to say so he's an idiot is what makes that line so <laughs> funny. Like he, it, it seems like a solid like two minutes yep. of just staring at Nebula before he says so he's an idiot. <laughs> it's so great. And then he like slides. He does like his electric slide into. <laughs> War Machine's fist. Into a fist. I, know. Just, I love that Peter's just like out. It's just like, nope, that's it. Yeah. No confrontation, no fight, no nothing. It's just like, he's out. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and um, yeah, what I, they really get weird. They allow themselves to get really weird with how Nebula is used. How, yeah. Because she is in proximity with her past self and is of like some kind of AI, her consciousness gets swapped desmond from lost style <laughs> and they're able to basically view everything that she's able to view which they establish in infinity war yeah Thanos is looking at recordings out of her eyeball yep so good payoff to that good payoff to and that. so our villain of the movie is past thanos different timeline thanos yeah this is odd yeah it's odd because uh, the like all of our characters are getting revenge on somebody who hasn't done the thing that they're getting revenge for. Right. He he obviously is like going to do it, mm -hmm. and he specifically says, "I'm going to blow up your entire. Pl I'm going to erase your entire planet and and start from scratch. Create a a race that's thankful for what I've done for them." So it's not like they have no reason to fight him, but right. they are like their motivations for fighting him are totally different than why he's fighting them. Right. Well, it's yeah, because, well, in, in that timeline, that Thanos now has no chance to get the stones because they were taken and right. he cannot complete his plan. And he also learns that he did complete his plan and yet it failed ultimately because they snap and they bring everyone back. So now this new Thanos is just like, well, I'm not going to do things that way because I already see that it failed. I'm going to do it no, this way he now. So what he saw, what past Thanos saw, was Future Thanos having succeeded. Yes. And then dying after he succeeded in doing his plan. Yeah, and ultimately so failing. So he's seeing that and thinking, oh, I made the ultimate sacrifice. My whole plan is going to work. And then when he loses at the end of the movie, we have a really long shot of Thanos just sitting mm -hmm. so in the foreground. Satisfying. And he and like his last thing is just like hanging his head. Yep. <laughs> Which is really good. Like he realized that like in every cosmic possibility he failed i i like, like that we get both um both types of catharsis with seeing thanos die in this movie we, we get do to, we get to see him executed and it like it feels good because of your like barbarian brain and you're like right. yeah i'm glad to see that happen and then we also get to see the more existential crisis he gets to go through before he turns to dust it's very good yeah this is a really crazy movie in that like the villain is barely in it like yeah. thanos is barely in this movie and yet his presence looms so large because they're living in the wake of what he did in the last movie so it's not a problem with the movie it's just this is a very strange film it, is. it has it starts in such a different place than most movies start it's it also to... it's also a rare film and when i say rare i think i mean the only film <laughs> that can only work because of 25 previous movies like 
Right. You can't have this movie if we didn't have 25 or 24, however many there are, previous movies in this series. This movie will would not exist. And that's a rare situation that no, no other movie has ever been in. I feel pretty safe in saying. Oh, yeah. This is a total anomaly. And it really is. It, it's something that can't be replicated. I think that's what DC found out the way is they're like you can't just jump into civil like yeah that's a movie that only works if you have the history of the characters it mm-hmm. it, it is impactful because of what we know about them now and, and i'm not saying because i think it's a fallacy to think that you can't you you shouldn't have done justice league because you didn't introduce all the characters in a solo movie like well that's like saying you shouldn't have done star wars because luke should have had a solo movie before Star Wars. Like, it absolutely can work. You just it can work. You probably shouldn't make them fight Superman in the first movie. Right, 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 exactly. So what this movie is just in the rare position where it has 11 years of history and 22 previous movies <laughs> to culminate, which has just never been done. Yeah. It is not only wrapping up the Avengers franchise, but various other franchises within it. Yeah, it's wrapping so it's up at least... This- at least two franchises beyond, right. beyond the Avengers. I'm trying to think. I mean, Cap I guess Black Widow, Spider-Man. it's kind of going to be her end. I know the Black Widow movie is a prequel. So, like, this is her end. This yeah. is like, it's wrapping up a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and you feel like Hulk maybe who show up and like talk to Reed Richards when he ever shows up in the MCU. But yeah. he has completed his arc as Banner and the Hulk. So it's just in a completely different position than most movies are. Yep. Do you think that's what phase... I know we still have some more of the movie, but do you think Mm -hmm. that's what phase four is? Is um, just a bunch of new blood? Do you think the X-Men all show up now and Fantastic Four show up? Like now that they can do all those things? I think it won't be long before they announce a new Captain America movie with With Sam. Sam Sam and Bucky. Which I'm very excited about. That would be very fun. I'm, I really it's, like. It's about time for Anthony Mackie to be the star of a movie. He's so good. Yeah, he's been so good since Winter Soldier, and he has the same kind of optimism, and just like he like bleeds morality like Captain America does. Like he just exudes a certain kind of presence that you you want to see him take charge yeah i wasn't sure who they were going to give the shield to if it was going to be him or bucky but i mean i think sam is like he's the right choice because bucky Absolutely. bucky's his own thing like he's got too much bucky he's has got a too long much way baggage to go still. huh you feel like bucky still has a long way to go he's got a long way to go he's got some baggage he has to work through before he can uh be yeah Captain he's like America. just now kind of getting over all the all the murder he's done. Yeah. He's a brainwashed super soldier. Yeah, so Sam Sam was the right choice to give the shield to. Yeah, uh, so I'm liking that. We, we're getting... Um, we're getting yeah, I mean, a, a lot of Phase 4 is just new stuff. Yeah. And then I think we're getting uh, Captain Marvel 2 and Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. That's about it. Guardians 3. Guardians 3. I think, which who knows when that's going to come out. Who knows? It's, it'll happen after Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. The, I'm sorry, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Because it's like kind of a soft reboot, I guess. I don't know. They said that, and then everybody from the first movie is back, basically, except for Will Smith. Yeah. I so don't I don't know. 
you're doing. But anyway, that I'm I'm way excited for Guardians three now because James Gunn is back and because Thor is potentially, hopefully, going to be with them. Oh my god, I can't wait. I, can't I, I think what they if they want to like solidify my interest in Phase Four, <laughs> introduce the Fantastic Four, get them in there. We yeah, there's a vacuum now for a really brilliant scientist who can do everything. Like we still have Shuri, but I think she's always going to be connected to Wakanda. They're going to have to go to Wakanda to get Shuri's help. And yeah. with Reed, Reed can be part of the Avengers and go with the Avengers wherever they go. Yeah, doing the Fantastic Four opens up a lot of fun it does. possibilities for them. Obviously, they have the potential for X-Men, which opens up a lot of possibilities for them. I mean, they're going to keep making these movies, but I just, like, whatever they do next, which I, I get, I'm getting conflicting information on not Far From Home is the start of Phase 4 or the last film of Phase 3, but they're starting over. Like, this was the culmination of 11 years, and... Yep. It is an ending. It is a definitive ending. The, and the time jump kind of opens things up a little bit more. like And confuses... It, con- it confuses the, the timeline of, of the movies a lot more. But like now it's... it's f- f- All of these movies are like in our future now. So we don't yeah. have to worry about like current events or anything that's going on. Like It's just... That's true. It's all sometime in the, the nebulous future. I don't know if they're going to keep putting dates on these movies as far as when yeah. they're set. I mean, it's 2023 at the end of this movie. 2024, Basically. right? I 23, guess. I think. Or, no, I guess, yeah, because it's technically started in 2018. See, this is why it gets confusing. Get rid of dates. I don't care yeah. about dates. And so there was a lot of backlash. There, there is a Jediification kind of happening with this movie to some extent and for some of the same reasons some of them not but uh part of it i think is just that i think that marvel doesn't have the best track record which with keeping the timeline uh in a way that makes any kind of sense like yeah. they had a kind of a timeline that kind of made sense and then when homecoming came out like when they did that eight years later time card it just immediately eradicated anything that made any kind of timeline yep and then like dr strange really confusing so like i think people just don't trust that marvel made a decision that makes sense and that's why there's a lot of backlash about like how does this make sense for peter parker going back to school how does this make sense for blah 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 but i don't know i'm not worried about yeah i don't I, that, that that doesn't bother me too much i don't really care I don't show, do math when I go to movies anyway. Show me, show me a good movie and I'll be happy. That's right. Teach a man to make a good movie and he'll <laughs> never go hungry again. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the like very last act of this movie. Okay. Which is, uh, first we get the Trinity. We get Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man oh, facing yeah, off against Thanos. Right, because Thanos shows up after they, they snap. Uh, Hulk snaps. And right. They're like, was it done? Is it done? Um, Hawkeye's phone starts ringing. It's his wife. And then all of a sudden, they're hit with a missile. Like, the compound is toast. It's destroyed. And I was very worried for Ant-Man for a second because I thought thought he was dead. (laughs) He seemingly got hit in the face with a missile. (laughs) Yes. And I thought, oh, he is gone now. Okay. So then I'm like (laughs) thinking, oh, is this the last third of this movie? Is this the last act? Like, they are just going to start taking people out 
after the snap has been done and they can't do anything to fix it or like what's happening here right they really take you on a journey here because the the fight between cap and uh, thor and iron man just gets whittled down to the point where it's just captain america mm. and they you get one of the coolest wide shots i've seen in a while of captain america standing alone against thanos's entire army which in the comic in the civil war comic uh cap has a line of like as long as one man stands against you you'll never be truly victorious or something like that and that was kind of a visual representation of that before this moment though because you're about to say when everyone pops up oh yeah i wasn't gonna forget about okay the moment we gotta talk about the moment of this movie of a movie full of the moments this is the moment (laughs) And I have, I don't think I have heard a theater react this way no. quite before. Yeah, that our, our theater was the exact same. It exploded. Okay, so. Do we say it in unison? Let, let's set it up. Let me set it up a little bit. Because okay. I don't know where we were because we had to take a quick break for a second. But yeah. Thor, Iron Man, Cap, go to fight Thanos. Thanos is just sitting there waiting for them. Great moment seeing those three go out. They have a great fight together. They're finally Brolin, working together. It the the um it Brolin's performance me. is so good, by the way. Was that? Brolin's performance is, is Thanos is yes. so good. Like Brolin the way he so says, good. Where did that bring you back to me is really understated. Something yes, I know. That was so good. Something about this scene, the framing, I don't know what it is, reminded me a lot of um their moment that they meet in the first Avengers when Thor comes in and he's fighting with Tony and then Captain America's there. Uh, something oh, yes. about the framing of that scene was reminiscent of this one, which I thought was nice because now they're all working together. It was, good, it was another yet another callback to a previous movie where they're all now working together. And Thor looks amazing for the first time in this movie with his like Viking beard Turns out all he needed to do was to summon uh, Stormbreaker, and he gets a cool braid on his beard. Yeah, really. So they're all fighting, He, but Thanos is still very powerful, even without the stones. He knocks Thor out pretty much. He knocks Tony out, and it's just Captain America left. Right. And there we are. There we are. So we do see Thor. Thor's getting attempt- beat up. He's getting beat up. He gets really, he gets a couple of really nasty punches to the face. Yep. He's on the ground. We did forget to mention that earlier when he was back in the Dark World era, uh, before he went back to his time, he got Mjolnir back. Which begs the question, is there now a timeline in which, in which Thor, Thor doesn't have Mjolnir? 20, 12 doesn't have Mjolnir. Yes, there has is. has to get Stormbreaker earlier or whatever. Yeah. So, ooh, another Marvel what if. Uh, so, Thor throws Mjolnir in your ears, the podcast you're listening to. He throws it at Thanos. Mm-hmm. It misses. It swings back around. And in whose hands does it land? Well... I'm glad you asked because it lands in Captain America's hands at the moment which my theater exploded and shot off into space with that yes. shot of him holding Mjolnir. 
we achieved liftoff at that moment. <laughs> we just everybody screams like, "Oh my god!" And yeah. that's and that's what's so great about this. I think you realize how powerful this mythology has been to even just general audience members. Like they know that means something. That means something. Yeah. The last time I felt a reaction like that was when we saw Force Awakens and Ray catches yeah skywalker lightsaber that which is really a, it's a very similarly framed mm-hmm. situation too but yeah, yeah. It, that, and, it, uh, and again it pays off something from a previous movie without being in your does. face about it but Age like of ultron yeah my favorite scene in ultron oh it's so good it's so good and it pays off here and it begs the question where do you stand on this this is a question going around the World Wide web in age of ultron was cap capable of picking up the hammer but didn't do it to spare thor's pride or was he just not yet worthy uh that's a good question i don't know he obviously moved it um yeah, yeah that it is i guess i'd never thought about that either way i like it i like the thought that he started to pick it up and went like oh maybe i should let this be thor's thing <laughs> Yeah, this means a lot to him. I'll let him have. <laughs> but and even like I, during the fight, Thor's like for a second, Cap has Stormbreaker. He's like, no, 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 you get the little. Yeah. So his pride yeah. is still a thing. But I, I, I do fight, like the thought also that after what Captain America went through in Civil War and picking his side in Civil War, he is now worthy. So I like that too. I don't know. I think yeah, he really has. Up to this point in the movie, become such a fully formed character, so well-rounded that he is worthy. And what he's able to do with his hammer, he oh. now has two throwy things that come back when he you throw them. Trashes Thanos, and it's great. For like a it's solid minute, nuts. we just see him trash Thanos. He can summon lightning! I know, he can use lightning. It blew my freaking mind, and... Oh, man. What's really great... So we also get a question that a lot of people had was like in the comics with Thanos does have a helicopter, the Thanos copter, like an <laughs> oh, old, no. old comics. It's really cheesy. Comics are bad, actually. It was it was always a joke. Well, Golden Age comics are bad. Yes. And it was a joke like, well, the, the Thanos copter be in it. But it kind of was. His weapon in this movie is it, basically a helicopter blade that he throws around. Yeah, pretty much. It looked a lot like the the dumb Inquisitor's weapons from Rebels, too. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what it looks like is one of the Knight of Ren weapons that those guys have in the uh, Force Back and Force Awakens. Yeah. And hopefully they have on the new mower. Hopefully. But, <laughs> so, when he when Thanos beats the crap out of Captain America... He starts beating him down. He breaks the shield in half, which is mm. the way we see Cap in the vision in Age of Ultron. He's laying yeah. there all beat up, and his shield is, like, broken in half. It's all it's all connected. It's like poetry at rhymes. Oh, it's like poetry so at rhymes. Kevin Feige, the, the poet laureate of our day. <laughs> uh, so that moment, but, held by George Lucas. But so Cap gets his little moment to shine where he fights Thanos. And it's great. But eventually, I mean, he is just 
a man. He may have a magical hammer and a magical shield, but he is just a man. So eventually, in super soldier serum in his blood. Yeah, super soldier serum in his blood. But he does get beat back. A- Thanos kind of goes crazy on him, and yeah. we get one last we get one last thing where uh, he's down on the ground. Classic Captain America. He's back. He's down on the ground by himself, and he stands slowly, stands back up while Thanos is speaking at him. Talking yeah. about I am inevitable and things like this, which is I thought of the moment. I thought of the moment from a Shazam where the bad guy tries to make an epic speech and he's so far away that Shazam can't hear him. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens a lot in this movie. And I realized that is a funny thing that they observe that the bad guy always gives a speech <laughs> like half a mile away. Yeah. He would not be able to hear. But anyway, he does. Yeah. He, he says I am inevitable twice and he, we hear it again in the recording that Thanos watches mm-hmm. from Nebula's eyeball. So that line is in our brains. For, yeah, keep that line in your brain. Keep it, if you're following along at home and you've not seen the movie, <laughs> just relying on this, keep that in your brain. <laughs> so, but, but we get that final, one final time, Captain America stands up after being knocked down, fitting in with a theme that has been in his movie since the beginning, since Ugh. that time he picks up the trash can. In oh the first God. Avenger, he does it again. He stands up, and it's him versus an army. There's no he one tightens else there. the belt on his on his shield. Yep. And I'm saying to, to everyone around me, are you in town? Get out of town. <laughs> Turn around and leave town right and now. And then at this moment, I do have to pat myself on the back a little bit because this moment looks mm. very bleak. And was that you or was bleak that Christina street. who made a noise? Hard to say. Someone we both make noises. <laughs> um, could have been Echo. Could have been Echo. But I did have to pat myself on the back because I leaned over to Chelsea at this moment when Cap is facing off, and I'm like, they snapped. It's okay. They snapped. Everyone's Whoa. back. And then everyone's back. And But the way they come back is on your left. On your left. A wonderful yep. callback from yep. Winter Soldier. Uh, and the other moment where our theater just popped, including me, was when we see the silhouettes of Black Panther and the gang coming through the portal. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And let me get your opinion as a fellow Star Wars fan. Okay. I have a great desire to get a laptop with video editing capabilities because I feel strongly that if you t- – hang on one second. <laughs> no, you're Okay. Christina wanted the pretzels that I was eating. Uh, so that very important. Eat I'm leaving it's that a, in. I'm not important. cutting that out. No, leave it in. The pretzel saga. Endgame. <laughs> um, so I always hear when Black Panther does the chant that he does, that he's saying, he bombed bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not he hearing bad. that. I hate to break he it to you. Bad. I am not hearing that. He bombed bad. He's I, saying he bombay. <laughs> But I want to edit them side by side because I feel like it's indistinguishable. Uh, Keep on bad. Keep on bad. <laughs> Thankfully, he, he doesn't actually say he bomb bad. The jury's out on that. We don't know for sure. But they do show up. Them and a bunch of Wakandans and a bunch of wizards and a bunch wizards. of guardians. Yeah. And... Yeah, we do see a whole bunch of wizards seemingly 
could have yeah. showed up at some point. They could have been earlier. Maybe Although it's established Doctor Strange that they're pretty finicky about leaving the friggin' whatever temple. Yeah, they they only leave for big reasons. Like half the world's population being destroyed. <laughs> yep. I hate those guys. So this final fight, I have to say, this movie was very good in that it explicitly shows you that the snap worked and they brought everybody back. And yet this fight is so brutal that you forget until the last possible second. And you're like, oh, that's right. They snapped. And everyone's yeah. going to come. And yep. it's really fantastic. It's really fantastic. I feel like this, my first reaction was, this is so much better than the Battle of Helm's Team. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing very different things. They're doing very different things, but they got the gist of it without it going on for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got all of the highlights and the emotional resonance of Helm's Deep without it, without me watching a documentary of a live <laughs> battle happening. Yeah, but sometimes I like to watch a documentary. I mean, listen, I love Lord of the Rings. I love Two Towers. And I love a nice documentary of Helm's Deep. <laughs> By, uh, what's that guy who does the Civil War stuff? Ken Burns. Oh yeah, Ken, Ken Burns. Burns Battle Deep. <laughs> that and this is why I need that video editing software. Yeah, you I'm going to do, do He Bomb Bad, and I'm going to do Ken Burns Helms Deep. Uh, um, That's pretty great. Actually, Ken Burns Civil War. How has no one actually done that with the Marvel I, Universe? Good God, what are we doing with our lives? How has we're no one done on that a, yet? We're sitting on a. We're gold sitting line. on it. Don't. I'm not going to release this episode till we do that. Just kidding. Yep, it's coming out. Edit tomorrow. that out. Um, um, uh, let me get your gauge on what your favorite part of this final battle was. Yeah, it's, it's I was going to say it's hard because the rest of the movie is just full of moments like that was awesome, that was awesome, that was awesome. Um, yeah, every, there's not a whole lot of critical. There's not a whole lot of. Service. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of critical thinking to be done about this last part. Not but a ton. Not but a ton. it's fun. My like oh, visceral reaction of the part I love the most is probably like the relay race with the gauntlet. When Ugh. when they know they have to get it to the van, and it's just like oh. being handed off from person to person. Who has it first? Uh, well, it starts with um, Hawkeye. He hands it off to Black Panther. Right. And we get really good stuff with that like um, sonic charge suit. Yes. And then he gets he like overtaken, and Peter gets it. Right. Peter gets it, and the Parker. way he gets it. This was the thing where I couldn't. Peter Parker gets it. I couldn't believe you have to specify was, Peter's. That's true, Peter Quill. I forgot about that. Yeah, or Quail as Thor calls him. Peter Quail, which um, is another great moment. So this was a moment where I legitimately couldn't believe that I was seeing this in a movie because it was so <laughs> preposterous, wonderful, and comic booky. Captain America throws Mjolnir. Peter webs it. Oh, I know. Latches onto it, and then Valkyrie riding <laughs> on the back of a Pegasus catches him. I know. It's, and then it's like, they fly together. How did we get to this moment for the last 11 years of movies that you can do that in a movie and it makes logical sense? There is justice in this world. I've <laughs> seen it and its name is that one part of Avengers. <laughs> it's really, really fantastic. And then I really – so this is when um, Scarlet Witch shows up mm. and almost destroys Thanos single-handedly. Yeah, she's a little angry. Which – which shows you, without the gauntlet, Thanos does not stand up great to the overly powerful heroes in our gang. He is just. That gauntlet a was doing a lot of work. For him. Yeah, 
and uh, she almost rips him limb from limb with her powers. And like her eyes turning red and her floating up, and oh, yep. that was good. We there also get a very good line of, um, you took everything from me, and Thanos saying, I don't even know who you are. And her <laughs> saying, You will. You like will. Batman. Yeah, that's good. Very good. She said, Do you bleed? And she said, <laughs> You will. You will. And then he screams Martha as he's being ripped apart. And <laughs> yes. She stops. <laughs> yeah. She stops and she's like, you know, we're not we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> but no, she does get hit because he like goes into panic mode and he has them start bombing the surface again. His own army. Yeah, his own army is getting decimated by his other army. He destroys his own troops just because he's a freaking coward and is getting. He realizes beat. he's in big trouble at this point. He's like, hey, so. wait a minute, this is a lot of guys that are fighting me right now. And so then, then, oh, go ahead. A great reveal happens. Mm. I loved this. It was it was beautiful. Another this moment that got me of the Falcon showing up in Last Jedi. Yeah, like something has entered the atmosphere. Yep. And it's it, a- uh, it's yeah, it was another moment that got like cheers for my audience. Oh yeah, everyone's like, because <gasps> finally Captain Marvel shows up. And in about three seconds, she has completely destroyed Thanos' giant ship. <laughs> she pulls the Haldo maneuver on Thanos' giant ship. <laughs> yep, with her own body. With her, just her body. <laughs> it is fine. She shows up, and I, this is why we were robbed, Brie Larson, because when she shows up, she goes to Peter Parker, and Peter tries to be smooth, which is my favorite thing. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> and she kind of like plays along into his flirtation. She's like... Hey, Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and this is so where we get, we get the uh, like power montage of all the ladies of the MCU. Uh huh. And which Christina uh, just sighed with love of, of, of this moment. She loved it. Che- that was the moment Chelsea cheered the most, too. Yeah. She loved this moment. Which is why so I'm so annoyed like when it. I you showed me that picture a couple, like a few days ago of someone saying that the Russos have turned into. Or maybe it wasn't Ryan you. It Someone was showed me, me something like they turned into Ryan Johnson, or like other things where like they've been infected by the the SJWs in this movie. Yeah, and, and we like, were like, "What are you talking about?" And it's just about? women in the movie. Yeah, no, it's women. Women had a moment. What? How terrible for the world! A very brief moment. Yeah, we didn't even mention Pepper is there. Pepper is there. She That's right. Everybody shows rescue. up. <laughs> She shows up, and her armor is really great. It's mm-hmm. teased earlier in the movie too. It is. That's what um, Morgan has in the tent. Teased like a throwaway and, gag, but then it turns yeah, out and you, it matters. Yeah, you think it's just for fun, and then yeah, that's that's what's so good about this movie. Nothing just comes out of nowhere. It's all right. kind of set up subtly. And uh, I will say the one thing that makes this moment a little uh, superfluous is the fact that Captain Marvel does not need them to back her up. They do two things. <laughs> And one thing that was kind of crazy to me is that, did you notice this? Valkyrie does, like, shot for shot exactly what Orm does in Aquaman. Like, she takes a giant spear and, like, slides it against the Yeah, against the submarine. (laughs) Yeah. It was, like, the same exact thing. So she does the Orm thing. The Orm maneuver, I call it. The Orm maneuver. (laughs) (laughs) All the maneuver, the Orm maneuver. A lot of maneuver going on A lot of maneuvers. I don't know what it is. But then, as soon as Captain Marvel gets it, she just blitzes through everybody. Yeah, they, she didn't really need them, but it was a great moment anyway. She's like, it's cool that you guys are here in spirit, but I do not need anybody. But I am Captain Marvel. I yeah, Captain so Marvel, then she goes, I got this haircut for a reason. I, I like uh, her little fight against Thanos, too, because he gets the, oh, it's he, very good. She make, something happens, and he ends up getting the glove. I don't remember. 
Yeah, um, she gets the glove. Yeah, and she has the upper hand, so he cheats. Yeah. He takes the power stone and punches her with it like a real dweeb. Yep. And but that was that, also that's the clever. first time we've like seen her get hurt is getting punched with an infinity stone. <laughs> so she practically is an infinity stone. It's hard to imagine what her, her next villain is going to be. Yeah, I think I don't I know. Think she's going to be have to be someone. And I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel comics, but that's kind of the great thing about Superman is that like none of his villains are real physical threats. They're all just kind of like right. psychological threats. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I have to do with her. Like Luthor is a great villain for him because he's just very smart. And I think that's that's going to have to be what it is for her because mm-hmm. she can just punch everybody into light speed, take him out of the universe. Yep. But anyway, her fight's pretty great. Um, but in the midst of all this, it comes once again a fight between Tony and Thanos. And previously, Doctor Strange, like, Tony talks to Doctor Strange and says, like, is this the one in 14 million shot that we win? He's like, if I tell you, it won't happen. But Doctor Strange, when this is all happening with Captain Marvel, looks at Iron Man and he holds up one finger. One like, finger. This, this is, is the, the one. This is the one. You got to do he it. He holds up the one finger pointing up Thanos' butt. <laughs> like, hey, man's going to have to fly up there. Yeah. I'm glad and, that theory didn't work out, huh? Yeah. Although I maintain that it would have worked just fine. Sure, it probably would have. It would have been fine. Would have been a little graphic for a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at at this point, Tony knows this is this is the only way to do it, and he goes to fight Thanos, and he cannot beat Thanos. And somehow, like, pulls a pickpocket maneuver and gets the stones from the gauntlet. I don't know how he does that, but he He's did it. Tricky. He's a real sly guy. He's a real sly guy. I've heard of shy guys, but sly guys? <laughs> Me and Christina are on the same page. You made the same joke I did. <laughs> um, so this leads us to once again, and it reminded me of The Last Jedi again, where you think that the bad guy is just sliced through like Luke Skywalker, and yet, no, he's had the upper hand the whole time. Yep. So Thanos snaps, and you just get clink. Nothing happens. He just says, I am inevitable, (laughs) which is his new catchphrase that he's really trying on. He's really loving that catchphrase. He's like, he didn't use it in Infinity War. He's like, this actually sounds pretty good. And doesn't work. Cut to Iron Man. He's got the stones. He says, and I am Iron Man. Snaps his fingers. Cut to white. Holy bananas. (laughs) The callback. Yes. In a movie full of callbacks. And I I think that's significant because that really was the moment that set the MCU apart from a lot of other superhero movies. That's what set Iron Man apart because in Spider-Man and Superman and Batman and all of the major superhero movies were out at the time, the big thing was always hiding your secret identity. Yep. And so to end Iron Man with him just saying, I am Iron Man, was a real (laughs) subversion. Mm-hmm. of that trope and so to call it back to that of him just owning who he is oh man great and we Christina see everybody Kerr. 
as hard as I've ever seen her cry in my life. More than on our wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. It's not true. I'm just saying that because she's right here and it made her feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> then we see all of Thanos' men dusting away. Yeah, it, we it's get that really long great how shot it's... we talked about with him dusting away. Uh, the way it's revealed is really good because we see like the big Leviathan's about to crash into rocket and it just turns into dust at the last yep. second. Yep. And uh, we haven't talked much about rocket, but he's a good. He's really good at this. Yeah, we he's didn't really talk about great him at comic all. relief. The best moment for me with rocket is just him holding hands with Nebula. Because oh. it's just so out of character for both of them, but I they know. just have to come together in that so moment. So sad. Ugh, that moment got me more emotional than I didn't cry when Tony died. I got to be honest with. You. I'm I I got emotional. I was I was definitely more emotional when he said, "I am Iron Man." Yeah, that's what got me. Because after that moment, then it's just like it's it is inevitable of what's going to happen yes. to him. So that's like that is the moment where you know Tony Stark is dead, and what right. it means. And then so yeah, here's his a, actual death scene isn't didn't make me like tear up that much, but I did cry some. I got a I got a fun thing that I noticed, and uh, I, I hate to tell you this, I won't dwell on this, but it did remind me of Batman v Superman: Death is Superman, <laughs> which opens with a funeral and ends with the funeral, and they're both mirrored in specific ways. So this kind of does the same thing. So like at the, the very beginning of the movie, Tony does his last transmission to Pepper, which is an amazing scene. It's what I like about that scene, by the way, is they use a different take than they did in the trailer, and it's much more subtle and understated. But the the music that plays is this like really light synthy version of the Iron Man death theme that plays in this movie at the end of the movie. So they play the same theme, but it's lighter. And Nebula sets him in the captain's chair Mm -hmm. of the Benatar. And you see that his like sleeping face on the right side of this. He's not dead yet, but you wonder for a second when you first watch the movie, like, oh my god, are they going to kill Iron Man? Right here, yeah, right here. <laughs> and then he wakes up because of Captain Marvel. At the end of the movie, they play that same theme again, and his death, like his face, is on the left side of the screen, but it's framed exactly the same. I noticed that the second. Time. That's very good. It's really, really well done how they bookend the beginning yeah. and the end. It's very good. I like that. Yeah, it's great. And the whole funeral is incredibly emotional. They just really, they really linger too. They take their time. That is a long shot where you get to see every single person. No cuts. Oh, but do you see every single person? Because I have a freaking pick for you. Uh, Who are you missing? Phil Coulson couldn't be arsed to come to Tony Stark's funeral. Well, he's dead. I know he's not dead, but he's dead in the movies. You know who's dead is Tony Stark. We've never Gordon, we've talked about this before. Phil Coulson is never going to show up in a movie. If he didn't show up in this movie, Phil Coulson is never going to show up in a, an MCU. They brought movie ever back again. the guy that plays Jarvis on the Agent. They came back. Yeah, but actually, been in the movies. That's not going to happen. Oh, I didn't. I didn't love it. <laughs> What'd you say? Christina's saying I should write a letter to Marvel Studios. You should. The, I think it would work. This is a con job of the American people. We were doing <laughs> this. No, I'm just kidding. But it did strike me because when um, Fury walked out, I was like, oh, yeah, Nick Fury. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's but been dead. <laughs> but I, we had just like we had specifically talked about Phil Coulson in our last Marvel episode that we did. And yeah. so I was conscious of it. And I was like, 
they just they can't they can't do it. Can't bring him back. That because the problem is Feige must have a real beef with Agents of Shield. The the thing with like bringing Jarvis in, nobody knows that was the guy who played Jarvis in the TV show. But if if you're at a funeral and you see Phil Coulson, then and you have never watched Agents of Shield, yeah, you're like, wait a minute, wait, did they bring everybody back? Whoever, and there's a lot of. Why wouldn't that be the worst thing in the world? I guess you're right. There's so many logic questions at the end of the movie to bring back Phil Coulson. Yeah, it muddies be, it a little bit. It's it's this tied is, up so nicely. Again, we're working this out. We are working it all out with each other. And you know who is there? I was very happy to see heart. him. The boy. The boy. From Iron Man Three. The boy was there. Boy. The random kid, Christine's asking me, the random kid yep. was the kid from Iron Man 3. That what a great boy. callback. Yeah. On our I, last Marvel episode, we were like, when are they going to bring back this kid? He's the best part of the movie. I'd heard rumors that he was going to be in it. I didn't know to what extent. Oh, wow. But um, there were rumors that the kid was going to be in it. Of course, it was I had, one shot, but you know. I had zero clue that was the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, the kid is. And then once you see his face, Oh, it is that kid. Yeah, but, like, oh, it's that kid. Yeah, that was great. But I, when I saw it, I was like, I don't know who that was. That like <laughs> Tony's like uh, nephew or something. We just never met. Yeah, just, um, just, he's like the pizza delivery boy. They just let him stay. I feel like they're saying, <laughs> "Oh, you're catering the." <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. Casper bring the pizza for the funeral. <laughs> I wait. I was hoping to see Casper at my showing, and I didn't see him there. What is what is you could have inserted his interview at the post credits like our last Jedi. I could have. <laughs> um, I am wondering if there is a potential for a young Avengers series like they do Young Justice mm-hmm. because we have um, is his name Harley in real life or in the movie? I think it's I think it's in the movie. I don't remember. Kid from Iron Man three, as we all know and love him, is so memorable that we don't know his. So memorable, his name is Kid. His name is Kid. The Kid with Bruce Willis. <laughs> so the kid from Bruce Willis is there. We have young uh, Hawkeye. We have Hawkeye's daughter. Yep. We have Shuri. We have Shuri. So I feel like we have Nick at Shuri. Least, we, and I'm sure we have some young as that can hang out. Uh, there's someone. I was just thinking about someone else. Who's the other kid? Uh, there is somebody that I'm just not thinking of. But could be Cassie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe oh, well, we maybe have Cassie who could get a suit, and we have Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan, duh. Who could be like... Iron Daughter. She obviously, listen, she knows very I am daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dumbest thing that's ever been said. <laughs> and I am daughter. Snap. <laughs> um, she knows that a, thousand, that, that a ton is 3,000 pounds. She does know that. She's smart. She must be smart. And she she watches her dad do science in the basement. You can't get any smarter than that. Watching can't your dad get any smarter in the basement. <laughs> Very good. Well, the movie has a uh, a real uh, Return of the King-esque one ending after another yes, thing Yes, it happened. does. But they're all great endings. They're all great. This is where I felt like we needed more Valkyrie in the movie because Valkyrie is inexplicably made ruler of Asgard. Yeah. When we saw her for 
exactly two scenes. I guess we can only assume that, like you said earlier, she's just been like, she's kind of been the one in charge, which I think he even says that she's been the one in charge of Asgard since he was off playing Fortnite. So a lot of, a lot of development happens in that five year time gap. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that is? That's the gap between return of the Jedi and force awakens. There's going to be so much desire for Canon in between those years. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and but it, again, there's another thing that makes me excited for Guardians 3 is if Valkyrie's going to show up again, it'll probably be in that movie. So here's a question that me and Christina had. So Thanos's entire um, army gets snapped, turned to dust. Uh-huh. I would think that Gamora, past Gamora, is part of that snap because when we see Guardian, the Asgardians of the Galaxy at the end of the movie... <laughs> They're searching for She's Gamora as, as if they are searching for the dead Gamora. Yeah. Not that they're searching for past Gamora. Uh, that could be. But I might be wrong about that. Why would they, I don't, but who, let's, I don't know. I guess Tony would, are you saying he would have snapped past Gamora? Like, cause I don't I think, think he knows who Gamora is. So he, yeah. everybody that came Maybe. with Thanos, get them out of here. That I would wonder include- if maybe like Nebula gave him a family history while they were on the ship together. <laughs> That's very possible. I don't know. They were there for 22 days yeah. playing, uh, you know, football. They're playing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could I could see them looking for Vormir Gamora or they could be or maybe the Gamora who didn't know them decided she needed to. She, you know, she's not that Gamora. She needed to go away. So maybe they're looking for her there. I don't know. It could be either one. I trust. I trust James Gunn to figure it out. He he finished the script before this movie came out, so you got to think yeah, they were collaborating with the Russos to some yeah. degree. Do you? Th- I mean, it would seem insane that Thor wouldn't be in Guardians the way this. Happened. Yeah, I think we were talking about that in our Discord. If I feel like if if you don't want Thor, if Chris Hemsworth isn't right now signed on to do Guardians three you don't end the movie that way. Because if you have to start Guardians 3 saying, oh, Thor, actually, he left two weeks ago, sorry, then that's, like, such a huge bummer. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And I th- I think that James would have been pretty into Ragnarok. It seems yeah. up his alley. Yeah, those two seem very similar, Taika and yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. And it also would pay off on just how much time Thor spent with the Guardians in Infinity War. Like, Mm-hmm. That was the real unexpected pairing was Thor yeah. and Rocket. They were the main characters of the last movie. Oh, I forgot uh, to mention one of my favorite minor jokes that like is gone in a second and you could miss it. But when Thor and Rocket are in Asgard and Rocket is being chased by all the guards and they, oh, and yes. they say, catch that rabbit. <laughs> They do. So funny. And he calls him a rabbit, so it must be an Asgardian it's an rabbit. Asgardian thing. That's what an Asgardian rabbit looks like, I guess, because Thor's been calling him a rabbit since the last This movie. is the kind of continuity that I want to see. I know. I love it. Um, And the movie... Okay, so we have, we have that ending. We we have the Return of the Jedi and celebration, Ewok celebration of... Because we see all that the... Out? We have the Return of the Jedi ending of the Ewok celebration across all the planets, yeah. right? Of like fireworks in Wakanda and in whatever place Ant Man lives. Coruscant, and, and then they go to Coruscant, Naboo. Yeah. Naboo. 
the Gungans are there. Um, we have that happen. That's an end. We have the funeral itself where Tony has a pre-recorded chair monologue that he gives, which is word, really great. The word cheeseburger makes people cry more than it ever has. Dear God in heaven, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that moment to have such an impact on me, but yeah. that's one of my favorite moments in Iron Man. Yep. Cheeseburger. Yep. And I love, they brought back John Favreau, which was an essential choice. Yeah, he needed to be there at the end. Would have been wrong not to reference Happy Hogan and not to reference the guy who started it all and set the tone for the entire thing. Yep. And he's a good actor. Yeah, he, he plays that scene really he well. He's so good with Morgan. It's hard to act with kids, and he did it really well. That scene got me more emotional than the actual like death itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that was very good. We have the Tony Stark has a heart uh, oh, yeah. thing getting floated out into the lake. Then, and then there's the scene where we, we'd already talked about it, but Captain America has to go return all the stones. That was a whole thing. Bruce promised the uh, ancient ones that, <laughs> that he would return the stones or their timelines would be messed up. So Captain America goes to return it. And as soon as they said, he'll be back here in five seconds, I'm like, no, he's not. I don't know how yeah, they're going to do this. Yeah. I didn't know. I I did not predict him going back and living a life with Peggy. I thought like he just wasn't going to come back and that was going to get answered some other time. But oh, that's yeah, that was my initial thought. I'm just like, oh, maybe they're just going to like I knew he wasn't coming back. I just didn't know what was going to happen there. I saw Peggy coming when he was going to go back in time. But I I was so shocked and delighted that we actually saw it. Yes, we yeah. actually see the I mean, the lead up to that is because there's some confusion about this on the Internet. They specifically say he overshot him. Meaning he missed like the actual portal uh -huh. where he comes, where he should have come back on. And instead he decided to make entrance on the bench. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the way they framed him from behind, it looked like young, skinny Steve Rogers. Which, uh, at what point? Where he's sitting on the bench. Oh, and he's old? From behind. Like, yeah. They just like see this silhouette in the distance. Like kind of him, of, yeah, I, I guess it could have been. Oh my god, is that young Steve? What what is happening? It could have and been was, unpowered Steve. So they go up and it's it's old Steve. Yeah. Sam goes up with Bucky's permission. He's like, You're a better friend than him. <laughs> I've been chilling in Wakanda for a long time being sad. And we have uh Chris Evans with either the most makeup or the most CGI. I can't they Couldn't did. quite tell what it was. It was a little bit off. It's not quite right. They have digitally de-aging, but de digitally aging is not quite there. You kind of end up looking like Bad Grandpa, the jackass movie. <laughs> Whenever you try and make someone look old. <laughs> old Peggy looked the same way in like uh, Winter Soldier. Agreed. And old um, like Robin Williams in Jack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like kinda always, you're kind of always in that Bad Grandpa zone. Um, or we'll add some friggin' wrinkles to your face. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that was great. The you gonna tell me about her? No, I don't think I am. That's great. And then, it was really, really good. And then the audacity to end this movie, looking through a window, seeing Captain America dancing with Peggy, and like that's the shot. That's what you end on. It's you end so on brilliant. the kiss. 
Yeah. Second they kiss, they cut to black. What a delightful end to the movie. I, I, I even cried at the credits, like from there. When you see the signatures of all the, the signature, guys. Yeah, because you go through, I wasn't paying attention to the credits at first, so I didn't see that they didn't do all the big people at first, all, like the original Avengers. So yeah, I, I look up and I'm seeing, you know, Anthony Mackie. And like, I like that each, <laughs> each person got their picture up there. And then all of a sudden it cuts to Jeremy Renner. And the signatures, yeah. and I'm like, oh, oh no, this is going to kill me when it gets to the end. And it did. What a class act to do that, by the way. Yeah. It was really good. I, me, me and Christina knew that there wasn't a post credit scene, so we left like the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I am so profoundly tired from seeing this movie late at night the last two nights and barely <laughs> getting sleep. I like am going to die at any moment. Um, I'm glad we did this first. Yes, glad we did this before I died and I turned into CGI aged Chris Evans. But uh, yeah, it is worth sitting through the credits if you're going to see it again. Just to hear the, uh, just to hear the, you hear the Avengers the theme. You hear the Avengers theme. You see all the signatures of the yeah. actors who played the Avengers. It's just nice. It's a nice way to reflect on the craziness you just witnessed. And then at the very, very end, did you sit through you hear, all of them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you hear the clanking as, yeah. you know, from Tony Stark building the original Iron Man yep, suit. Which is a, another great little tribute. An acknowledgement that that's what built Marvel. Except there was some guy in the back of our theater who had to yell out the, like after the second hammer hit. He's like, that's Tony Stark's hammer. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. We, we knew that, buddy. Thank you. We heard it. We had a guy yell yesterday, "Where are the X Men?" Oh boy. Or he, he said, "Where's Wolverine?" Oh boy. What? He's As so if funny. the sale that happened like a week ago is going to make it into this movie that was finished a year ago. And can I just say, it's always the funniest thing you can do if you think of a fun joke to yell it out in the theater. People always love yell it. It's it. Really funny. Everyone loves it. They're not laughing out of nervousness. They're yeah. laughing because they love you and what you said. Yep. Well, so, we've, we've talked about this movie for two and a half hours. <laughs> well, it's a three-hour movie, so we it's made a good three time. Three-hour movie, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, using our patented scale of one to thirty of the secret. <laughs> this, I mean, I gotta give it. A, this is a four. It's the secret fourth. It's the secret fourth. We haven't yeah. given one yet. It's the we've secret given fourth. On the Star Wars fan fictions we found on the internet, I think we've given a couple twos and two minuses. We might have given a three to a book. <laughs> This is the first in the canon of Grandma talking. <laughs> the first four is something that has nothing to do with Star Wars. Nothing to do with Star Wars. Sounds like our it's podcast. In- yeah, I think. Yeah. I think we need well, to. This um, is this is Mjolnir in your ear. That's true. This is that's what this podcast is. We need to. Uh, I want to in the coming months, not immediately, because uh, yeah. we got other stuff in the pipeline. But I want to revisit the Marvel Universe one more time because sure. we can talk about the the half of the movies that we didn't talk about in our last episode about mm. Marvel. And then yeah. we can just sort of put a bow on the whole thing, get our definitive rankings and we'll, we'll that do, we'll do one more good. Marvel podcast sometime in the near future. Let's do it. Let's next time we get together. Yeah. Let's make our lists of, uh, our, our official rankings and yep. we will go through them together. And when we both, reach a, a certain movie we both ranked a movie 
and we talk about why we ranked it where we ranked it. All right, I'm in. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. I agree. These movies are a delight. I let me put this in a Star Wars box before we end. <laughs> okay. Thing, because my fear was, what if this is so good that it makes my hype for Episode Nine irrelevant? But what if it makes it impossible? To I didn't feel like that no. after I saw the movie. I, I, can I mean, love both things. <laughs> this was, yeah, it turns out, oh, I can like more thing, which was a revelation for me. But this was an incredible ending to this saga. Yep. I do think that Star Wars has, you know, a lot to live up to in terms of ending a, a nine movie saga that lasted 40 years. But I mostly just want Rise of Skywalker to finish up these characters that we love yeah here's here's my little star wars note the first time i cried during this movie was before the movie started and i saw the rise of skywalker trailer in the theater and i was like oh i i'm why am i crying at this i've seen this trailer i don't know how many times but for some reason seeing it on the big screen just had me in tears so our theater clapped after the trailer yeah um, actually so did ours actually yeah so yeah. i mean yes this movie's great i'm still very excited for episode nine. Oh yes it was great i don't think they could have ended it in a better way i, I had some nip like the logistics of time travel and stuff but it, it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter they, let's not they, pretend that comic book continuity ever makes any sense right they 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 fulfilled the job of completing arcs, completing the themes, staying true to the themes of all of these characters. And like if the time travel is a little bit confusing, I don't think that really matters because they, this movie did what it needed to do in regards to the characters. It did. And if you wondered if star Wars is unique, people complaining about the death of a major character, this movie proved it. No, if you kill <laughs> Iron Man and Captain America in a movie, um, it's bad. People are, are going to get mad on the internet and tell you why it's bad. Don't kill my childhood fantasy. Yes, on that (laughs) that note. note, Let's get out of here. This is Mjolnir in your ear. (laughs) Uh, Delicately curated, long-form discussion. Actually, super long-form discussion. This might be our longest episode ever. All all of them. Um, Of Avengers Endgame. Brought to you lovingly by uh, Riley and Jake. Let's make a pact together right now. Okay. In honor of the fact that we actually do a Star Wars podcast, we have to make the Rise of Skywalker episode longer than this. Okay. Well, we're at like 2.38 right now, pre-editing, which I'm not going to do much (laughs) editing. So we have to hit like 2.45 for a Rise of Skywalker episode. Yeah. All right. That's fair. All right. (laughs) Okay. Bye. There you are. Is it is it me? No, it was is me. For some reason, oh, okay. every time I, uh, I have to change my whole setup on my computer around to record over Discord. That sounds unfortunate. It is very unfortunate, and there's probably a different way, but I'm not smart enough to know what it is. So, 
I am now stuck with this every time forgetting how to switch it to Discord. Forever. Yep. There's no way to write things down. No. I don't own any pencils. No. Well, listen, we're millennials. We're destroying the pencil business with our <laughs> smart devices. That is true. Uh, okay. I wasn't able to come up with anything better than Mjolnir in your ear. Yeah, that's and that I I, I say this as a friend. That's not great. No, I <laughs> hey, I say this as myself. It's not very good at all. But you know, we it did make Christina laugh, but I don't think it was a good <laughs> laugh. It's not the kind of laugh that's going to stick with you forever. That's right. Not like this movie. But you know what? It's better than anything I came up with. So I mean, I literally could not think of a single other thing other than that pun <laughs> well then i guess that's what we're stuck with guess that's it that's, that's <laughs> there's no other options um all right so here's my goals for this one hashtag goals hashtag goals zero editing okay sounds good i want to uh i want to put the intro in and the outro in and then we're good to go that's what i want. released this bad boy chelsea ran out of the room <laughs> that's a bad <laughs> sign already uh-oh <laughs> we're off to a bad start but you know i i i understand all right christine is literally leaving the house that's how bad i'll well, see <laughs> all right chelsea came back out of the bedroom i guess we're okay Okay, good. <laughs> no, she's leaving too. I've chased her out of the house as well. Wow. We know how to get a wife out of a house. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Sounds good to me. Okay. Let's get just a little bit of silence and then we'll be good to go. Okay. Bye. Well, there, <laughs> that was really great silence from Chelsea there. <laughs> Uh, okay. Wait for her to slam the door. Okay, now let's get our silence. Can I leave first? Okay, Christina's yes, okay. also Christina, gonna leave. you leave, and then we'll get the silence. The actual true silence with my Perfect. <laughs> All right, Say bye. Bye, Christina. Echo, come here. You're so noisy. Meow. That's okay. There may be some background noise. That's fine. Was uh <clears throat> was Echo by the computer when you came in? Was he? Yeah, was he? I don't know. Was he making noise? He was meowing, so I started talking to him and I was going like Oh, oh, yeah. I was trying to get him to go into the computer. <laughs> well, he probably ran off <laughs> yeah, when we came in the door, but. Oh, gotcha. <laughs>